Hey everybody, this is Chris from Games for Two, and welcome to our second episode. Uh, today I'd like to talk about one of the newest games in my collection, and it's quickly becoming uh, one of my favorites, and that is Rajas of the Ganges. Now, this game's pretty interesting. For one, it's got amazing artwork, I mean, as a lot of games that I tend to like do. <clears throat> and the second thing is, it's a worker placement game which I'm starting to like, but it's not just a worker placement game, it's also a race. And the way it works is there is a, there's a board, and everybody gets their little player board as well that has some uh, squares on it, and you're sort of building a, so there's a tile laying aspect too, which is awesome. But in this game, you are getting dice, rolling them, and using those dice to pay for actions. Now, you're also getting other resources in this game. You're, there's two other resources. You're getting money and fame. Money is used to pay for things, uh, which is most of the actions. If you're not paying for dice, or in addition to paying for dice, you're also paying money for some actions. Um, and then you get fame, which is sort of a reward for certain actions, uh, building things, uh, like monuments, things like that. And... What you need to do to win the game, which is why it's a race, is when your money track around the outside of the board and the inner track, which is the fame, when they meet or cross each other, that triggers the end of the game for that player. So if I'm playing and, you know, I get my money and my fame to cross, my turn is done. Everyone else at the table gets to place one more worker to see if they can get their money and fame tracks to cross as well. If they can't, I just instantly win. There's no points, just done. However, if uh, one, or more, one or more players can get their fame and money tracks to cross, then we actually do a tiebreaker scoring, which is interesting, which is one of the one things I really like about this game. Because you can end the game and still lose. Because the tiebreaker is the difference between your fame amount and your money amount. So, you could be like, sweet, I, you know, I made my, my tracks meet, you know, right there, almost even, and somebody else goes past theirs, and you do the difference, and you might have 7 points, and they might have 25 points, and they actually win. So that's really cool, and it really keeps uh, the tension up when the game starts winding down. I really, really like that. Uh, the board in this game looks... It looks really busy, and I was hesitant about that because I don't really like, you know, to get just too distracted with boards that are just super busy and I forget where things are and things like that. It just looks that way. When you actually start playing, it's very easy to see what everything does and where all the workers get placed and um, the excess workers. You can gain other workers over the course of the game. And it's actually, it's really good. And I've only ever played this two-player, you know, usually. However, it does play higher. I believe it's up to four, uh, maybe five. I'm pretty sure it's four-player. I'm not looking at the box right now, so I can't quite tell. Um, and I've actually only played the basic version of the game, I guess. There's two, there's two versions. There's the, the regular version, 
which is what I've played a few times now, and then there's like an advanced version. And the only real difference is some of the action spaces change. You can get an extra worker over the course of the game, and uh, there's some random tokens that sort of change up the way your player board looks. I'm hoping to play that uh, the next time I play this game. I just haven't been able to work my way through the rule yet because I haven't had time. But uh, it's it's not a complicated game by any means. It just looks really crazy. It's definitely a family family weight game. It just looks like there's a lot going on. And I really like it. The dice are really good quality. Uh, all the tokens and the player boards and everything. It's very colorful. It looks awesome on the table. It's got the, uh, the Indian theme. There's a... Uh, Another really the neat thing, and they didn't need to do it at all, it's just really awesome for the theme, is uh, these little cardboard statues that go in, they go in front of you. They lay flat, but they're in front of you, and they're the uh, Kali statues, the deity with the multiple arms that you see in pop culture and movies and stuff. And those are where you place your dice, and you can only have ten dice, so you place them on her hands... And then in the advanced game, you only get eight, so you get one on each arm. And that's pretty pretty cool. It's just a neat little thing that they did just to add a little flavor to the game, and I really appreciate that. And it's just it's a really neat-looking game when it's all done, especially, because you're building tiles on your board to score points and bonuses, and everybody else is doing that, and... It just looks really cool by the end. You know, you have your little, like a little city built on your side. The board has things on it. There's the river that goes up the middle of the board. You have these little wooden boat meeples, and you can move up and down the river on that. And that's another feature I like. Um, I know I'm bouncing around a lot, but uh, this game is really, really fun. Is there's these river uh, spaces, and you know, you can pay for your action, and you move along the river space, and they give you these really good bonuses. The bonuses tend to be better uh, early game, lower you are on the river. Once you get towards the top, you know, before it stops, it starts to wind down a little bit, and it's mostly money or a scoring activation that you've already done on your player board. But what's cool is, when you go to a space, if it's already occupied by another player, um, you actually skip that space, like it doesn't count. So... If you move three spaces and the third space is occupied, the fourth space or the space past that is actually your third space. So you get to skip somebody and don't even, not even count that space. That's really cool and it gets really strategic because all the spaces in this game are limited. Sometimes you can only put one worker there per round. Sometimes, you know, multiple players can go there, but there's still no space has more than like a few spots. So if you really want to go up the river really quick and get some of those really good bonuses, being able to skip over your opponent is a really neat thing to do. And it, it really brings some strategy into the game, and I, I really like it. Um, this game's been out for maybe like a year or two now. I'm not, I can't really remember. But as soon as I saw the box cover for it, I'm like, wow, i got to check this game out. It's super, it's this really bright sky blue... It's got this uh, really interesting um, river, like boat sailing up the river, and there's the big collie coming out of the clouds, and there's like she's holding the dice, and it's just this really very attractive cover. It's very good quality, everything as well. And I've just been really liking it since I got a hold of it, and I hope that I can play it a lot more 
uh, over this year alone. I know the year's almost over, but also uh, next year as well. And uh, it'll be added. It'll definitely be added to my top games ever. Uh, I'm working on my top ten right now. I have it done. A friend and I are trying to do it together. But I'm probably going to have to change some things because if this game doesn't make top ten right now, immediately, it is extremely close. So that's really cool. I've just kind of been holding off on it to see if this uh, sweeps anything on my on my top already. But this game's great. I recommend it to anybody that likes Euro games because it is a Euro game. It also doesn't take very long, so if you like, if you need games that are less than two hours, I believe this game, you can play it two-player, once you know what you're doing, easy, in less than an hour. I think the max is like 75 minutes on it. Um, you could probably, yeah, you could play it probably in 45 minutes to an hour, easy. Uh, it's very easy, it looks overwhelming, but it's very easy to get into. Um, there's a lot of little, little rule things you might miss a little bit, but... That it doesn't really affect the game. I mean, you you need to know them, but I missed one yesterday, and all, all it really boiled down to was, oh, this token that I've been using is really just a placeholder, not not something else. So that was it. I mean, that's other than that, the rule book's very well written. It's very straightforward, and you just sit down, explain a few rules, and start playing. I mean, it's a very laid back game in the sense that you can kind of talk to each other, you're taking your actions, you can take some time to make your decisions, there's no... The only pressure in the game is that racing track, you know, and that's that's one of those things is you have time to see what your opponent's doing and they have time to see what you're doing, so you can actually really plan a lot in this game. And if someone, you know, takes the action space that you want, there's other things you can do to still compete, it's not like your turn is just wasted, and I, I really appreciate that in this game, that there's no wasted turns just because someone took a spot you wanted, there's an, there are other ways to recover, there are other ways to advance, and that's really neat, and I'm just really, really loving this game, I'm hoping to get some other people to try it, and like I said, I recommend this to anybody out there that likes like mid-weight to family-weight Euro games, strategy games, um, worker placement, definitely. It does have interesting choices, but they're simple, but they work. And I, I really like that. It's got dice rolling. The dice are great, uh, big and bright and colorful and everything. But, yeah, so that's that's it for that game today. That is Rajas of the Ganges. It's designed by Inca and Marcus Brand and at least published in America by R&R. I think it's German. And I believe it's by, like, Hook or Hooch. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. It's H-U-C-H, exclamation mark. But in America, it's R&R, and that's by the brands. And they're really doing some awesome stuff right now. And this game is amazing. So definitely check it out, Rajas of the Ganges. Well, that's all for me today. Uh, Thank you for listening, and I hope that you'll come back for my future episodes that I hope to be putting out pretty, pretty regularly now. And until then, I'm Chris. Keep on gaming. Hey, everybody. This is Chris, and welcome to Games for Two. I am joined today by my friend Dave. Hey. (laughs) And we are going to talk about our favorite ten games uh, currently. These could change at any time. 
So uh, we're going to talk about their 10 games, and then at the very end, we're going to talk about our number 11 that just missed the list. So here we go. Dave, you may start. All right. Uh, my number 10 is Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Um, it's kind of like a... Boy, I don't know how you describe that. Um, not really tile placement, but kind of Euro-ish. Oh God! How would you how would you describe it? It's a tile laying game. Would you? Okay. Um, basically, what I like about it is I like that even though the scoring can be kind of complicated, I like how complicated it is. Right. I like how much I how many different ways I can score, how many different kind of strategies I can have. Plus, it's really cool to see like what you've built and what your opponents have built and that kind of thing. And it works well um, anywhere between like two, three, or four player. You don't really lose anything by playing with fewer, or you don't really gain too much or lose anything by playing higher numbers either. But it's uh, pretty solid. Right. I like that game as well. I've only played it a few times with you, so I haven't. I didn't put it on the list. But uh, I like it because it's tiling, which is probably my favorite thing right now. And yeah, I like that how wacky the scoring can be and you can see like you said you can see what you've built and it will be different than everybody else i think I, that's the yeah. only negative i think the, that's the biggest glaring negative behind it is the scoring is can a scoring can be extremely complex for somebody who hasn't really played any kind of euro or really any kind of deep uh, designer gaming because you know it's not just like buy a piece place a piece it's buy a piece place a piece score it score it, you know, maybe three or four other times, wait till the end of the game, it might score two or three more times. So there's a lot that goes into just, like, one, you know, uh, kind of action, I guess you might say. Right. I also like the uh, the money mechanism of getting to set oh, yeah. price. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. one I, of my yeah, favorite things, because yeah. you can really kind of screw your opponent. Maybe, it's, maybe it's, not. You, you kind of got to guess a little bit with it. I haven't seen that in really much anything else all right my number 10 is i kind of it's a family of games and i sort of bounce around between which version i like but that is carcassonne uh this is classic for most people that have been in the hobby for a long time tile placement game where you're building cities and roads and making these little medieval towns and the board changes every single time you play and I've only been playing it for a couple years, and the version I play the most now uh, that I own is Carcassonne Amazonas. But I've played the original one, maybe more now. I'm not. I'm not sure. I kind of lost count when I stopped logging plays. But I really like this game because the board changes every time you play. It's super simple, but you can get really mean and a little uh, strategic with your tile placement, even though it's random because you draw. You know, a tile off the top of the stack, but you have to place that tile, so you sort of have a tactical game that also has some strategy, and the artwork is neat. It looks like a painting when you're done, mm -hmm. and there's a million versions of this game now, and I just really like it. I mean, I've been playing, I've been playing it for a while. It's a really good intro game. You can play it with pretty much anybody, even kids, just a couple rules, and you're up and going. So. Yeah, I, I don't know what the... Uh, age ranges on it, but I feel like it's a really good intro one for kids too. That and anybody really, and I think it's one that you can play 
with your kids? Like, I kind of, I kind of thought about this as I was making a list. What is kind of appealing in terms of age ranges? I don't necessarily think about can I play with my kids. I almost think more of can the grandparents play with the grandkids because that gets a wider span of generations and ages. And I think that's one that um, the grandkids could bust out with grandma, grandpa, and be like, oh, let's play this, and they could, you know, they're gonna have fun with it too. And um, yeah, like you said, it's a pretty good little intro game too. All right, that was my number 10, Carcassonne. Uh, my number 9 is Yamatai. Uh, I'm pretty much just a sucker for anything with little boats. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> just like little boats. Uh, I like I like the sort of kind of area control aspect of it, but I also like all the different ways of scoring. Um, I like the way that you can get the... Um, oh gosh, I can't remember what they're called, but like different characters that you can sort of like mm. purchase through points... They give you different abilities, different ways of scoring, and that kind of thing. Um, I think it works well as a two-player as well. Uh, I like the kind of unique color scheme area oh, control mm -hmm. movement. Uh, it's kind of unique, and I haven't really seen that much anything else, and I've, I've enjoyed you know all aspects of that. Yeah, that's a really... I don't know, Days of Wonder never does bad stuff. That's true. That I've seen. I mean, I haven't played them all, but I've played a lot of Days of Wonder. And uh, that one is definitely different. And I think that's one of the things the designer does. Is he does sort of different things, but it's very family weight, which I yeah. like, but with a little more. It's like family plus. I think I'm also drawn in a lot by the art oh, and yeah. the theme of it. Just the kind of almost, uh, you know, oriental... Fantasy-esque, Fantasy. you yeah. know, just uh, all the kind of... It just looks really interesting, and it looks like a thing like, man, I wish there was more of this that I could learn about, or like, you know, maybe mm -hmm. a sequel game or something to that effect, or uh, I wish there were, they would do more with that, but I don't know if they will or have, or... Uh, they have winners. not, and I, I... It's been out for a little while now, so I kind of doubt they will, mm -hmm. but Days of Wonder doesn't do a lot of... Unless it's Ticket to Ride. That's true. Or Memoir 44. They don't do a lot of, like, expansion stuff. But <clears throat> that game has a lot of replay in it, and I like that you can do whatever you want to win. You can just go straight points all the time, mm -hmm. you can go for money, you can just get the dudes, like you said, the, I don't know what they're called either, like helper people to do General stuff, yeah, like to do yeah, stuff. Like that. You can go heavy on that, and you can win either way. You can do just building and try to get building points really quick. Yeah, I really, I really like that one as well. So that's my number nine, Yamatai. My number nine um, is a game that I liked as soon as I played it. And uh, it is very... It looks complicated. And then you play it, and it's way less complicated than you think. And it's sort of a Euro-style tableau-building game. And that is Alien Artifacts. This game, you set it up, you have all these cards out there, and you're, it's supposed to, it's a 4X themed game that, instead of dice rolling, the thing I like is you flip cards, and each card has a number, and that simulates a die roll on a D6, and you can do different things, and while everybody has generally the same list of actions, each... Uh, faction has a variable setup. I like that. So no matter what faction you pick, it has sort of... And it guides you to what sort of things you want to get. 
and you can do just one thing in this game. You know, you can you're either building ships or planets or technology, and you can do just one of those things the entire game, and still win. Or you can diversify, or you can actually follow your faction guideline, and win that way. <clears throat> win that way, and then on top of that, sort of in the background, even though it's the name of the game, you can get the alien artifacts, which are rule-breaking, single-use cards. They might let you, you know, build something for free, which could be really huge. And when you use them, matters, and you can go the entire game without using them at all and getting them and still win and still, you know, you know, beat your opponent by a few points. The scores in this game are very close. All the times I've played it, I think I've never been beaten by more than, like, four or five points. And I really like that. And it's super quick, because with two players, you only play two rounds, which you run the deck out twice. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do. You can fight aliens, and you can do all these other things, but it's very abstract, Euro, uh, money management, resource management. Uh, there's an expansion for it that I haven't actually played yet that adds a little more and uh, more unique artifacts and unique scoring opportunities. That is Alien Artifacts, my number nine. I haven't played that much, but it's in that Even same not. realm for me of, like, was that Race for the Galaxy or something mm -hmm. like that? I just, man, I hate it when I have to have a sheet or uh, the rule book's handy or something to learn or memorize, like, 20 different icons. Right. That one's not like, as bad. I, no, it, that one's it, like it's five. not as bad. No, that one's but, not as bad. <clears throat> races, races But, heavy. like, man, I hate that. Like, a couple of little things are fine, but it's like, here's all these different icons. I'm like... I, I'm, I'm not here for that. I think they fixed that in, with Race at least, they fixed that later mm. on. But with Alien Artifacts, they add one more. So I think there's six icons now. It's not it's not as treacherous as others, but that's... There yeah. is a bit of a curve. Mm -hmm. But when you see it, you're like, oh, I only have... And what I like about it is it looks nuts, but it's... I, okay... Oh, I take this action. Well, here's these different options, but it's really two options. Do I do side A or side B? Side A is yeah. money, or side B is like money now, not later, or side B is power for the rest of the game, which is either making stuff cheaper, making stuff free, or getting me points. Mm -hmm. That's why I like it. Uh, my number eight is Small World. Ooh. I like the... Uh, the way that you can get different kind of armies with different abilities, and you can play that game a hundred times and never have the same setup. Right, even uh, with the base game. Yeah, and I like area control, and uh, I like the, not just the area control, but the, almost the sort of kind of, uh, I feel like it's almost like an economic decision you have to make when you have to put one of your armies... Mm. Um, I can't remember how what the term is they use them, but when you, when you put, flip them, yeah, decline, decline. Yeah. That's it. Um, and then you get like you get new armies and that kind of thing. It's it's a lot of interesting decisions, and even though it's almost like it's not really a uh, war game at all, but it has shades of war game, mm -hmm. and it kind of reminders anyway, and I kind of really like that. Uh, because usually, typically, if you're playing a war game, you know, the stats and everything are always the same. The armies are always the same. You know, tanks always do this. Inf infantry always does that. 
But this, it's like, you know, I've got, you know, dwarves that can fly now, or I've got zombies mm-hmm. that can, you know, cast magic or something wacky. Like, it's it's not just wackiness, but it's also a lot of character, a lot of uh, gameplay. It's like family fun conflict. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. With really neat artwork, and I've not done the expansions. I've only done the base game, but I know there's like a million expansions for it. And they usually just add new maps and new armies. and But, I mean, even in the base game, I think it's, man. Yeah, that's 20 another. 20 races, maybe. 15 races. Then the equal amount of powers. And you randomize them every time. And I think you can even make your own. There's, like, a blank to make one of your own. <clears throat> and, like, yeah, like you said, it's it's so simple. You know, put my stuff out. Keep putting my stuff out. Take it back. Do it again. till you spread too thin. Or not. And it's all about timing because it's quick. I mean, you could play this game two player, and if you know what you're doing, like, a half hour. Maybe. I also feel like I've seen that in, like that also seems like that's kind of like an intro game too because I've seen that a lot, mm-hmm. like in I think I've seen it like Walmart or something too. Like I've seen it mm-hmm. pretty much just everywhere. Yeah, it's like Days of Wonder I mean, gets out there. Yeah, they they have a lot wider reach now. With things like, well, Ticket to Ride, mostly. Because a lot of their stuff you don't see anymore, even out of print, like uh, Shadows Over Camelot and stuff like that. But there's a million Ticket to Rides, and they're like, well, you know, that's sort of the intro game for everybody that made mm-hmm. games games uh, in America, really. And then things like Small World and those family weight, you know, style games to do different sort of intro mechanics. And you have a wider appeal. And your fantasy has a wider appeal than, say, like, you know, war games to most fam- family stuff. So, yeah. you, you know, and the artwork doesn't hurt. And, I don't know, it's just really fun. I it's like easier for well. to say to the kids, like, oh, let's go get the zombies then. Oh, let's go get the Nazis. Yeah, right. Especially now. Yeah. So. But that's why I ate Small World. Interesting. My number eight is a game that I've liked for a while now. And it is, uh, the edition I have is the one that I like the best out of them, and that is Machikoro Bright Lights Big City. Mm. I really like this game, dice rolling game, where you, uh, you roll dice and you allocate those dice to buy, or to use buildings, and you buy buildings, and the pips on the die roll determine what the building does. And what I like about this game, and I think is the only, also the only negative about this game, is that... It's really mean to new people. Because you can... If you know what... what There's the cards that are randomized out there, but you can get multiple copies of them and trigger the effect multiple times. So if you really know the cards in the game and you're not nice like me, uh, you can really hammer somebody new that's just learning the game. However, it's really quick and you can play it again and they'll know what they're doing after the first play. I also like that it's a bit of a race because the first person to build all their buildings wins. And each building gives you a special power, so you have to decide, do I want to keep triggering my buildings to get money and get other things and just hoard all of my money to do one really big turn or do I just build my buildings as quick as possible to end the game? And I really like the uh, like cuteness of the artwork that hides how uh, vicious this game can be. And this version is the reason, uh, the one I like, because it combines parts of both expansions and tweaked the base game to make sort of one master edition game. 
and uh, I think it's Target exclusive only, but I've seen it other places now. I think they loosed that uh, license up a little bit. But that is Machikoro Bright Lights Big City. Uh, I like the game a lot, but I despise dice rolling. Uh, it's probably one of my least favorite mechanics. It is that random. One, that one does it in a way where you can have things happen even when you're not the one rolling the die, which is great. And it's not... I feel like it takes the... Uh, Settlers of Catan is a great game, but I feel like sometimes the dice rolling in that makes it bad, whereas with this, uh, it makes the dice rolling a positive mm -hmm. in a very, uh, I don't know, non-boring way. It's Yeah, there, <laughs> I mean, you're always involved because, you know, yeah, I roll a die, and you can plan. I like that you can plan in this game. You know, if you just take, you know oh, I'm going to get a bunch of cards that are always going to hit on a two or a three or whatever. Like, you know, kind of play the probability of the dice. That's fine. But if you're smart and you can see after a while, you know, you could get enough buildings that no matter what's rolled, you're getting something. The other player might get something too, but you're going to get something better. And, you know, buying things, you can have the multiple copies and buying things out from under people I really like. Mm -hmm. And uh, But yeah, you're always involved. You know, one of the buildings you roll, if it's a certain color... Everybody gets it, but if one of the, you know if it's a red building, you take it from your opponent. And I've seen games where you, people hoard money, and I take it all, or take half of it, and you're basically starting them again. But within a turn or two, they've recovered that, so it's not like you're just sweeping the game. Like, but you really got to be careful and always pay attention to who bought what and everything. And that's what I really like about it. There's a lot of indirect. Player interaction, yeah. indirect, take that, which leads into my number seven, which Ooh. is San Juan, Ooh. which I really nice. like how uh, you basically, like, you have only a few options that you can take, and you basically, if it's your turn, you pick an option, and your opponent gets the lesser option. Well, it's great when, you know, oh, man, you know, I'm no, Chris wants to do this option. Well, I'm going to take it first so he gets the lesser one. Ha, ha. You know, so it's... Or none. Or not, <laughs> or you get no option because I took this. Yeah. So it's a lot of, you know, you can kind of think and strategize if you want. And, you know, you can, but man, you can get ruined really quick just by, because somebody, you know, took the one thing you wanted. And it's, it's not usually that devastating, but gosh, is it... It's about as indirect take that as I can think of. I really like that. Yeah, I like that game a lot as well. I want to play that with more people. Yeah. If I can teach Baron, Baron, if you listen to this, and I know you might, we're going to play this game and you're just going to deal with it. Yep. It's really easy. It's like two rules. You just got to pay attention. But, uh, because it gets, I think, a little more competition. But even with two, I like that the balance is the first player gets a, another option. So yeah. the first player gets... Or better. Or, yeah, well, I mean, even they get two cards instead of one, yeah. but then it rotates on the following turn, so you really got to plan, man, do I take this out of hate? Because next turn, I might not get that option. Well, that's, that's true. Like, <laughs> or, because the other player is going to get two, two ahead of me, and it just balances back and forth. You could, I, you could take the option that, that's going to be beneficial to me, or do I take the spiteful choice? Yes. And I like... And that. I like, mostly I like the spiteful choice. Yeah. Because I don't care if I win... I want to make it fun, and 
if I'm going to lose, it's going to be and hard. Man, you look at that game, and you, you look at the boxer, you look at the setup and stuff, and you don't <laughs> it's you just cards that at all. Yeah. It's a stack of cards like in, like, two tiles. Yeah. It's, it's a really inconspicuous kind of game. It's just sort of like, oh, there's that, but, man, there's a lot of, I mean... Right, it took... There's a lot in that. It took... Race for the Galaxy, because I cannot remember which one was first. I'm pretty sure Race for the Galaxy was first. And took all of the complication out of it and brought it down to anybody can play this game. Mastering the game is what's hard. Oh, yeah. And I'm terrible at it, but I love that game. Sam Juan, that's, that's my good, number seven. That's a good choice. My number seven is a game that I actually haven't played a whole lot but have the plays I have played, even the single player, I really, really like. I like it because of the artwork. I like it because of the theme and uh, the mechanisms in it. And you can do some really cool combos. And that is 51st State Master Set. Oh. This game used to be a little higher on my list, but I just don't play it as much as I used to. Because, you know, I play a lot of stuff. And uh, But for a while, I was playing the single player even in this, which works pretty well a lot, just looking at all the cards. and 51st State is a, it's from Portal. Uh, the IP is based on some old, like, Polish RPG that's super out of print and nobody plays, so it doesn't matter. But the, uh, the artwork has been recycled from that and the lore and everything to put in this game, and it's a really cool, it's like Euro with some meanness. So your resource management, you're getting cards and it's almost like deck building, but you're just putting them out in a tableau in front of you and triggering abilities and and so on to get items to turn in for points. And it's all about points and everything, and you're sort of racing to get to a certain point number. But what I like is each of the factions are different. They all specialize in something. Some are better than others, and the expansions help balance that more that come in this set, which is why I like the Master Set, because there is a lot of more balance than the base game. But you can get some really big turns in this game, and you can get really mean and cut your opponent off from what they're doing, which I really like in in games. If I'm going to do take that, I want it to be mean but fair. And this game is, is both, because they can come back, you know, you take some cards or you shut them down, but even if you blow up their building, uh, they still can use that building as currency to build something else, and sometimes that's what they want you to do. So I really like that. There's a lot of kind of outthinking your opponent in this game. That's 51st State Master Set. I like the art in that, too. It's interesting looking art. Um, my number six is Element. Uh, I abstract. really like abstract strategy games. It's... I would almost say it's my favorite kind, but it's not something that a lot of people really like. But I like the idea of uh, basically you get different little colored tokens, and they're selected randomly, and they have different abilities, each little token, but um, you have, like, a dude that moves around, and it's kind of... I don't really know what it's like. I mean, it's not really much like it, but it's sort of like a weird Chinese checkers-esque. Yeah, it's, it's not even that. It's, it's almost... Yeah, it's I don't almost know area it. control, but not. Yeah, it's it's more like... Trap your opponent. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of makes it area control-esque. And I kind of like the idea of... You don't see a lot of games where m my objective is to catch you, but as I'm catching you, you could inadvertently turn that around and 
you know, right. trap me. Yeah, of. I mean, because you, you're sort of sharing pieces. And it's a thinky game. Oh, yeah, very. That is a really cool game. I like that, and I haven't played it with that yet. I was reading. And it's multi and you oh, do yeah, multiplayer and the, too, which the, is which is rare for abstract. It plays up to four and it doesn't change anything. The only thing that it changes, which I was gonna say that I, I like that I wanna try is if you either forget who which character you are, because um, it the the rotation wheel, there's reminders everywhere, you know what does what. But that also determines in multiplayer which character you're after. And if you forget who you're after and even accidentally capture the wrong person, you're out. Mm-hmm. So it's everybody's trying to capture one other person, but you're also trying to maneuver that so that you're not helping your opponents capture somebody else. And or maybe you are, and you're forcing them so they capture the wrong person, like you, and you're both out. But uh, that's that's a really good game. Yeah. I like it's fun. All right, my number six is also an abstract strategy game because I am starting to like those a lot more as well. That is Santorini, and I really like Santorini, one, because it's two-player, predominantly two-player, either two or three, and three-player is not so good, and um, what I like is it's, you know, it's colorful and things. Usually I don't care about, in after strategy, I really don't care about component look, I care about component quality, but the 3D effect on Santorini, you could play that game just on a flat table, or like a chessboard, really. And, but it wouldn't be the same. I love the buildings. I love the special powers that the characters give you. And you don't have to play with the special powers, but there's no reason to not play with the special powers. Because they're really easy. You can teach this game to almost anybody. If they like checkers, you can teach them Santorini. If they like any sort of just, I'm trying to outmaneuver my opponent uh, kind of thing, this, this game is definitely one for them. Walmart has, you can buy this at Walmart now. They have yeah. a... Uh, there was like a big deluxe edition that a bunch of people bought and then it was too expensive so they Spin Master reprinted it in a equally good package. All they did was take out this huge elevated nonsense that was a pain anyway and now it's super cheap. I think this game's less than 30 bucks, maybe even cheaper than like 20 bucks and you can buy it pretty much anywhere and it's great for families. It's fun. The kids are going to like it because you're building little buildings up and moving around. The pieces are really nice. But there's a lot of strategy there, and I mean, you can play it in, I have won and lost a game in less than 10 minutes, or you could have a game that goes 30 minutes. I mean, if you get really, really thinking and a really good opponent. So, that's Santorini, my number six, great abstract strategy game. It's, it's solid. I like the, there's just not really much in the way of like 3D building and stuff, you don't get that much, and that's really cool. And it's something that... It's not a gimmicky 3D. It's like this. Right. Like it is it the game. It needs this. Yeah. You know, I, I guess maybe theoretically you could probably not do it like that and use different shapes or colors or something. But man, it adds so much to it. Uh, it may, it really sets it apart from a lot of other games. And that's, uh, I know component quality can do that, but, but gosh, it's just it's a that, little game. If you see this game from a distance, yeah. you're like, all right, I want to go see yeah. what it is. Like which is the, the exact opposite of San Juan. Which right, you see it from looks a terrible. Distance, it looks brown. Like, what are those bums Brown doing? on brown with like, <laughs> like old white. textbook artwork. Not to, I mean, I like. I discovered the by myself not the that best I like cheesy, outdated yeah. Euro artwork and cubes and stuff. But yeah, San, San Juan is not a looker. 
Yeah, but in any Santorini, Santorini, will Santorini get you, is you know, awesome. You know what that is? People are like, "What's that over there?" Yeah, That's... people will want to play it, and it's quick enough. You can just go through the list. All right, what's your number five? Uh, number five, get in the top five. I can't believe we haven't crossed over yet. Uh, me either. Yeah, that's, that's what I was like. Worry, worry like, some. I know there's one. I know one we're gonna cross on. Uh, well, there's one we are gonna cross on eventually. But there you know, probably but... there may be more. I I'm gonna say that there is. I, I, we're probably going to get a lot of crossover in the top five. Yeah, I'm going to say that maybe four, four out of the five we will cross that on. That is a bold claim. Yep, bud. <laughs> <not substantiated. laughs> All right, well, my number five is Burano. Um, That's a good one. It's kind of like, oh, boy, how do you use that a complex-looking game? But, I but really it's not. Like, yeah, I really like the art on it. I like the Euro system. It's... You're just putting things together, build points, little cubes, right. cube actions. Just cube action there's is so the, many. There's so the much gimmick of the game. but yeah, it's awesome. It's just like man, <laughs> it's unique. It's it's such an under the radar game that you know I think we're the only ones that even know about. Not it. anymore. I uh, I commented. I've been commenting on this game for years because I love this game too. And uh, I like the pyramid system, the action selection. It's just a combination of a lot of stuff that is in every other Euro game, but it's fun and it's colorful and it's just different in this. I've seen a lot more people... They didn't even do a second edition because I would have bought it for no reason. But they, uh, this game is showing up a lot more on Instagram and at different convention picture things, so I think it's just getting a wider release now, mm -hmm. which is weird because it's old. Old. I mean, it's... Four years old, three years, something like that now. But uh, yeah, it's, it's. I don't know that it's. I wouldn't say the art's bad per se, no. but man, it's also one of those games where you look at it and it's like, wow, there's a lot going on in there just because it's really yeah. complex looking. I don't know that it's necessarily. I don't know what the weight is on it, but I feel like it's kind of weighty. Three. It's like three out of five. Yeah, it's it's kind of weighty. It's like mid but, mid weight. It takes a little while. I mean, it's like an hour and a half game. But it's also one of these things where it's like, you know, you could choose to score with, you know, basically, it's got boats because I like boats. And true. you could you could score, like, I'm just going to do boats and like fishing and stuff. Or you could make like textiles or you could build mm -hmm. buildings. Like so many different ways that you could go into it. And they all work. And they all work. But you have to, at some point during the game, you must diversify. Something. It might just be like one turn. I'm going to textile this one turn, or I'm going to fish this one. I mean, fishing is big, or maybe two turns, because the game's really quick, and the more you go the more you go along, the less turns you get. And I like that, because it's yeah. only, I think it's 16 turns for the entire game. And you don't, and you have to be able to pay for everything. I like that. You can't just do awesome turns all the time, because if you run out of money... You can't do a turn, and I've done that, and you will lose the game if you have no money for, like, two turns. You're done. I also like that one of the component aspects of it is that you get colorful little cubes, and a lot of games have cubes in them, but these cubes are, like, bigger than your average yeah, D6. Huge, yeah. And they're not just a random, like, resource thing, like, oh, I got a whole bunch of white ones for no reason. Like, you actually can build... Like a pyramid structure, which is based on, like what actions you get to take, or what colored cubes are at the top, and then they don't even stop there. They're also basically the foundations with which you build 
buildings, buildings. on. Yeah. So, like, as far as a cube resource goes, they're doing a lot with this one little cube that a bunch of other games just need some kind of a token to right. identify, like, oh, you know, you got wood, here's this cube. It's like, and, this like, is... with this thing, it's like, there's, you know, there's no wasted right. there's uh, not, yeah, material, space, yeah. no wasted materials, there's nothing like that. Like, it's... You, and I like that those things change yeah. every every yeah. round. Yeah, yeah. So it's every, every eight turns that changes, so you can't just be, like, for the whole game, you know, pink cubes are fishing for, you know, each so eight turns, and then you're, like... Next round, you're like, oh, I have all these excess of pink cubes because I thought I was going to be able to do it. Well, no, next turn, like there's something else something, useless, yeah. and you have to use prestige or something to trade them in mm -hmm. to get what you need or diversify. I mean, that might be the thing is you might get by until the final round, and you're like, crap, I have these leftover cubes. I'm going to turn them into this action that I haven't done, but now it's useful. It's weird because... Sitting here to listen to us talk about this, this sounds like an amazingly complex. I know game, it's it's really it's, not. It's not. I don't know how you convince it. I think it's, it's like, like a seven, like a six point nine on BGG on that scale. So that's decent for them. It might even be less than three out of five complexity. This is the first Euro game I know I played after Ticket to Ride. Yeah. And this is the first probably. resource management Euro game I ever played, and I thought all the components. It took me like twenty was, minutes to set it up. It, and, I thought and I was going to die. The same way, like it was basically the first, you know, outside of Ticket to Ride Euro game I it looks played. So busy, and it, and it kind of got me into the idea of it. So it can't be that right complex. We, to, you, you know, know if that, if that's basically your intro. It was Ticket then to how Ride can it be? Ticket to Ride a Monopoly, uh, and we're coming into Brano game, yeah. game one, and like wow, but yeah, my number five, very Brano. good choice. You should check that game out. My number five is another abstract strategy game. It's the last abstract on my list. And this is one that I've had success playing with two people. I've had fun playing it with the uh, almost the max player count. I think we might have played it at eight. Uh, for a game that looks, looks beautiful, but honestly, you could have played this with anything. With paper. And that is Suro. And Suro is an awesome looking tile laying abstract strategy game it's just lines on squares and you're connecting those lines that move automatically move your piece and if your opponent's piece is there moves their piece as well and you're trying to either force them off the board by making them make bad choices of their placement and send their character off the board or collide with another player which will remove both of them and the last man standing wins and it's very, I like that you grab multiple different tiles, you choose the one you place, but you have to place one, and eventually you'll have all of yours placed, and they might be bad. And no matter what, if it's a bad move, you have to place it. So, and it's really neat to outthink your opponent with that slight bit of randomness and that tactical gameplay. And you could win this game in five minutes, you, you might take, you know, 30 minutes. I like that in Abstract Strategy. And it looks really, really good. It's... You could easily print and play this game, yes. but man, they really it helps made to not. Good, yeah, like like I mean, there's it's kind of like they they dressed it up as much as you could for such a simple game. It looks like an looks ancient beautiful. game. Yes, yeah, it's, it looks like you're playing something. It, it almost looks like you're playing something from a thousand years ago, right? Because they've done this, such this along with Carcassonne. This is one of those games that if you like games at all. I mean, I don't care what they are. If you're just like classic games like Monopoly or Chess or whatever, you should have this game. It's really affordable. This is one of those, you know, I think this is one of those grandparents' games, too. Yeah. It's not complicated. You can sit down and teach this. The age range says 8 and up. 
you could pro you could go less than that. And oh, you yeah. could sit down today, say, here's the rules. I place a tile, I see what it connects to, it moves that piece automatically. Done. That's the rules. Don't go off the edge. Don't hit somebody. Calliope makes good looking games. Yeah, it's it's very, very fun. I highly recommend it. It's still in print, so if you like any kind of game or might like games, and especially if you like games that will work with large groups down to small groups in a short amount of time, it takes 20 minutes max, uh, usually, and that is uh, Suro, my number five. Moving right along, uh, my number four is Scythe. Ooh. Uh, it's got some of the best art I've ever seen for a game. Uh, it's got some of the best art, period. It just yeah. looks gorgeous. Like I no could doubt. take just in it, like just grab any card, blow it up, put it on the wall. I'm good with that. It just looks gorgeous. Um, it's mostly, uh, gosh, I kind of Euro, but also area control, some combat <clears throat> if you want to go that route. A lot of different options, a lot of different ways of playing. Uh, it's got kind of like the, uh, I don't know what you call that, like action. Selection, selection kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I really like that. Which uh, I was thinking there was another game that I mentioned that had that, but then I realized it didn't. Sam Wong. <laughs> Sam Wong. Yeah, Sam Wong kind of has that. But this is everybody's is different. Yeah, yeah, sort of. The uh, but Scythe is just it can be a little bit maybe long, but man, I don't it, mind that. Two player is a little shorter, I think. But yeah, it's this game can't be short. I think the the length of this game is right, but the, also the length this could be one of those games like Risk where you're like we're just going to hang out for a couple of days and we're going to play Sight oh, and we're going to take and just plan out our entire turn just, and then could just be wrecked. The right? very <laughs> idea of let's sit down weekend and, long let, Sight. Let, let's well no the idea of like let's sit down and play an hour to 2 hours of Risk or let's play an hour to 2 hours of Sight like that just makes me sick to the stomach. Why would you ever play Risk when you play yes. Risk is basically my least favorite game of all time. <laughs> it is one of mine. I it is not my least. That game. That's going to be on a later cast of my most hated game of all time. Oh. And it's going to be scathing. And anybody that listens to it that likes that game is a fool. That is a uh, not necessarily a true statement because the game I'm talking about my mom likes. But she'll never listen to this, so it's fine. Yeah. She's a fool. Yeah. <laughs> But no, Scythe, yes, Scythe is, Scythe is excellent. It's a great game. Just look it up online. Scythe board game. Look at the art, and you're going to be sold. Even the and we haven't even finished the at all the campaign expansion. But so the much uh, yeah, you could it, even the base game, which I had forever, is the it's infinite replayability. You can randomize things, and no matter you know, you might have a strategy that worked one game, and you play it again, completely different because of what how things come out. Great, great game. Uh, my number four is also Scythe. Excellent. For everything that Dave said. Yes. Uh, this was actually uh, my number one for a long time. Well, since I bought it when it, like a year or so after it came out, maybe two. And I like everything about it. I like the all the expansions so far. You don't need, like I said, you don't need any of that stuff. And I haven't even played with everything. I like the different factions. I think there's, with the campaign, I think there's nine factions now. That's all they're doing. They're not doing any more with it. This game is... So they say this game is done, but even just the base game is like six factions or five or something, and they're all different. They all determine sort of how you start playing the game, but not necessarily how you win the game. I have never won this game. Uh, yeah, 
at all, even in single player. And it's uh, it's not difficult, it's just, it's very thinky at times, but the gameplay is so smooth. Like, the mechanics are sort of a background to your strategy. I think and it's I a like game that. that's going to age really, really well because the art is basically timeless. I can't yes. imagine ever thinking this is going to be bad because, like, it looks so good that... It, it, there's some games, you know, you look particularly like in the... You know, the way some of the art was done in the 80s and some of the games mm -hmm. and stuff, it was really, the art was kind of shoddy. But this is like, I mean, in 50 years, that's still probably going to be one of the best looking right. games. And it's one of the only games that I know of where the art came first. Yeah, and that's and probably it was, why it's so good. Wow, like the alternate World War One, And then they put lore on top of it. Yeah. And it's and included in the game. Does not affect the story whatsoever, like just playing the game. We didn't even mention the mechs. Like the mech, oh yeah, the are mini, gorgeous. They're, like, they're yeah, they're really well done. I've seen people that paint them. You don't need to paint them, but you can if you want to. And they're all super diverse. That what they do is super diverse. And when you, when you, what mech ability you choose, and when the time happens, can really affect we, we what you're doing. We didn't even talk about the idea of what the art actually is. It's like an alternate World War One, one where there are mechs. And it's after, yeah, uh, Nikola Tesla had prototypes in this capital on the map, and they sort of, like, when everything was going down after World War One, all the countries that were left sort of pulled back to each other, and now it's this arms race, area control kind of story, uh, but they're pumping out, like, weird mechs and tech that isn't supposed to be there, so instead of, you know, you're going to have a guy farming his field... Like putting in wheat, but now there's a, using a mech instead of yeah, thing, or there's like, bears for instead of horses and like weird uh, little things. Looking on one of the box arts, there like there's a cavalry charge against a mech. Right. Like, what more do you need to know? <laughs> it's great. This game is great for anybody that likes anything. This game is awesome. <laughs> I will put that out there. That this game is it's, incredible. It's hard to yeah. It's solid. And you have to see it. This is a definitely a table presence yeah. game. Number three. Right, top three. Uh, my number top three is Talisman. Oh, what a good choice. Um, boy, that's a timeless game. I feel like that game <laughs> We have been playing it for like yeah, well, less I than mean, a year. It's been hanging around for 83. since the 80s. Yeah. I feel like that's a game that's going to be in print. Forever. Just like Monopoly or anything else. Like, it's going to be around forever. It's such a... It's got a... It's, it's kind of like... Your typical, uh, sort of typical fantasy uh, board game lore, like all of think of the, all the sword and sorcery movies of the eighties, and make it a board game, and that's basically Talisman, but then better. And it's roll and move. And then like Dante's Inferno. And it's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that like, the, the only the only negative I have with it really is you can get somebody could get really excellent roles and there's nothing you can do about it and just happen to draw really good stuff that's true and you can just end up getting really bad stuff but i think that's the game fun. yeah it's, it's so a game light. that i like even if i'm getting destroyed i still like playing the game you're gonna have fun moments of well i'm in i'm adventuring crap this is a useless item that i found or i can't beat this monster and then yeah somebody else is just having a really easy time but that could change moving into the inner layers. And it's it's really... Even playing this game a lot and knowing all the cards and seeing all the cards, it's still fun 
to see those cards, it makes you better, I think. And to see when those cards come out, you're like, well, man, I really hope it's not this card. I know it's in there somewhere. Let me, like, that sense of discovery and just yeah. moving onto a spot. It really is like a old classic adventure I, movie. I feel, like it's, I feel like it's kind of the way that, like, the first time you played Skyrim... In a right. Board game. Everything's new. Everything's yeah. new, and you're discovering new things and that kind of thing. It's it's really, boy. There's so there's so much exploration in the game, and the art is great. Oh yeah. And in terms of gameplay, it's so much fun to see somebody because basically you have like two stats. You have strength, which is basically your combat. Then you have magic or craft, which is basically your magic. But it's so great when somebody who's been building up their strength all of a sudden has to fight the demon, which can only be beaten by magic, and they get <laughs> totally destroyed. They're right. hopeless. You know? Land out the window. Yeah. Start again. Yeah. yeah like, or you or, die. Or, yeah, or you die again. or something like that. Like, there's so much... Uh, it's almost like a... It's like a D&D campaign in a board game. Almost. Right, and, a, and it's quick. Yeah. Two hours. Like, it's good with two a hours. multiplayer, too. Two player, three oh, player, yeah. four, whatever. Like, it's, like, really, so good. it's really fun. I really like that game a lot. The art's good. I don't remember if I said that or not. Uh, my number three, Talisman. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> for for everything Dave said again. See, we we yeah, won't, we won't make it all, but we were pretty close. <clears throat> Two out of the five. Um, so far, uh, I really like it too. I've been looking at this game for a while, and I'm just like, uh, I thought it was just you know outdated and whatever because I never saw a lot of people playing it or reviews or anything about it. And then I saw this is the newer edition in Games Workshops. Uh, has the license back from FFG, so minis are really good. Yeah, on top of that, good, yeah. character diversity is great. Uh, there's a couple characters that basically do the same thing, but that lets multiple people have it really. But uh, they're all really fun. I think there's like 14 characters to play. Uh, item stuff, like I said, the more you know the game, it doesn't mean you're going to win. It's just it's still fun after knowing everything, and I like seeing. People who haven't played as much or newer people play this game for the first time. You're like, oh, it's I roll and I move to this spot. Oh, I go to a town. Let me flip a card. Crap. Yeah, it's the demon. Well, I, <laughs> I also one of the little things that makes me giggle and laugh is kind of back in the '80s where your race is also your class. class yeah. Yeah. So it's like I am oh, a ghoul. Yeah. It's like you might have a warrior. Or an elf. Dude, yeah. It's like it's like a warrior. He's obviously a human. Here's a wizard. It's obviously human. Here's troll. Troll is troll is troll race is a troll. class. And elf race, is race and class. Dwarf. A human race, assassin you know? is just assassin. Yeah. But it's just, your race is your class. And that reminds me of like, uh, I think Golden Axe had that too. Yeah, like yeah. Was, You're like, I'm going to be a dwarf was a, or like. Was your race and your class. Yes. Um, oh gosh, Hero Quest does that too. But, yeah, it's all, and we've only played the base. Right, there's, there's, there's a lot of expansions. They're really hard to get because they're out of print, but they're becoming... People have been selling them a little bit, and you can find them. Uh, I really want to try some of those. Uh, there's a Grim Reaper expansion I want. Let you move a Reaper around and screw with your opponents. There's like they add more cards. The Reaper doubles the amount of starting cards, and each expansion adds, I think, like two characters. So you can get a lot for this game. But even just the base game alone, at least starting out, is awesome. Great replay value. Where's the third penny? That was Talisman. Uh, my number two, which was already on your list, and you should be ashamed of yourself that it was that low. Uh, my number two is Machu Koro, which, mm, should not. Uh, despite my distaste for uh, dice rolling, boy, that game really just, oh boy. It, it, it does only drop a couple spots yeah. from 
I really like that game. I like. Oh yeah, it's great. And people hate it. I don't. I don't know why. It's fun. I like. I like that things can happen to me, and for me, even though it's not my turn. And I don't like the die rolling aspect of it, but I like the. (laughs) I almost attribute it to, like a weird sick game of. Gambling, <laughs> kind but of, yeah. also bingo and right, kind right. of win the lottery. Like, I rolled a one, so everybody gets a, a one. Of, so yeah. there's that weird gambler's addiction that I have yes. with it, which is like, man, I really need that eight. Come on, eight. And, you know, and so it's like a seven. Crap, totally useless. Work, wasted You know, turn. wasted my turn. It's ruined me. So I think maybe that game's so high on mine because I have addictive personality and that game kind of oh, you know, fuels it. that. But gosh, I really like that game. And I think it does the die roll. I don't really like roll and move, but that right, the dice rolling in that is it's also more, a little like, different. It matters. Yeah, more. It's, roll and it's move not, is like oh, I move one space, I get a yeah. thing. This is crap. I really need was counting on my roll. It's, yeah, it's a little bit. Um, it's just a little different than it is in other games. Right, it's like dice rolling plus. Oh yeah, and that's that's a good choice. My number two. Is a new one of the newest games to my collection, and I instantly really liked it and knew it was going to be top ten because I've and I've only played the base version of it, not the uh, advanced version, and that is Rajas of the Ganges. Oh, that is good. I have played this game, man, six times now, maybe more, and it made top ten because that's got a little boat in it, and I like it. It has boats. The boats are very nice. The component quality in the game is great. The board does look super busy, but once you set up and figure out that some of it is just fluff, then it cuts down a little bit. But the uh, it has a lot of things I like. It has resource management. I like that. Uh, the die rolling in this game is really easily mitigated. I like that because it is dice placement. That's almost more like a resource, though. It is. Like, it, it's, yeah, it, you have it, money and dice. Yeah, your die are really more like... All right, roll them. What do you have? A five. All right, five is like buy you things. Right, like five. Yeah, you know, so with a five, really, I can get three options. Yeah, with, or with like a one, purple, I can get well, you have ten. Yeah, like a purple whatever. die. All right, purple die gets me that. Doesn't it matter has, what the number is. So it combines. Yeah. I like I like that aspect that it's resource based. Uh, you can do a lot of fun, sneaky sort of things with where you put it at to sort of you know take first player away from people and also get things. You're always getting something in this game. I've never seen a wasted turn. That's true. It also has tile placement, which again I love, and the tile placement you can get combinations by where you put them, and also like one-time benefits, and also activate them again based on if that's a possible action, sort of like I don't have anything to do, but there's never any, something not to do. Or you could totally ignore the tile placement. Right, right, and still win. The idea of the game is you have a fame track that you get by building buildings and some other abilities, and then a money track, which, you know, a lot of things give you money. And you want them to either meet or cross. Once that happens, your opponent gets to place... And it's worker placement as well, which I like. It's a lot of, a lot of little yeah. Euro things, but the the worker placement is just sort of a marker, almost, of what you're doing. And But once your fame and things cross, your opponent gets to place one final worker. And if they get theirs to meet or cross, then you have a real scoring, and the difference is the number in your fame and money. So you can think you're just totally going to devastate your opponent because, you, oh, I made mine cross by three points. Your opponent has one turn, makes theirs cross by ten, you still lose. 
it's straight, it's win-lose. There's no points, that's so simple to score, but you really, it's fun to plan everything out, or you can just, you're not at the mercy of the dice usually like you are no, in other things. No, not at all. And it looks great. It's a German couple that make these games. They make a lot of different games. They make escape room games, Euro games, everything. It's a meticulously done board. It is, yeah, like way overproduced art, and even like the die, the die are really cool, like these little placement, you have these little like... Uh, like uh, Indian god, goddess boards. So, like you didn't even need them, but it was just really, really cool. Price point's not very high either. That is Rajas of the Ganges, my number two. I also like that because everything with the Euro aspect of it is really to uh, buff the idea that that game's really a race, right? And that's just the Euro not part is just you how see. you yeah. get there. It's usually like, oh, you're just building up points, but that's like I can see how close he's getting. I better I get my act together. It. Yeah, right. I, I got to do something about this. And I can't really do anything to you. I can just do better for myself. Right, and you can you can do a little bit of like, I'm going to take a spot you might have wanted, but there's yeah, no... Yeah, it's, it's very it's, subtle. It's sort of like you're each doing your own thing, but you're constantly watching that, oh man, he got six money or six fame. I only have two. All right, I really got to focus on that. Well, I got to pay a little extra to do that better thing, but it's going to mm. pay off. And there's, yeah, it's... Constant stress after, like, yeah, the first is. couple it turns. Is, yeah. It's great. Yeah, it is a very stressful game. All right, ladies and gents, number one. Uh, my number one, uh, which was on Chris's list, is Suro. Because uh, it's been my number one for a really long time. Because it's ridiculously easy. You can teach it to anybody. And it's great for basically all ages. Works great on any player count. It's five out of five crossover, bud. Yep. I, I have not, <clears throat> not seen, expected that to be your number one, though. I, I have not knew it seen was in the top. a game that can play two player or three or four or however many, and it'd be just as good. Like, it's so seamlessly done with player count. It's so ridiculously simple, but that's what makes it so good. That's why games like. Uh, you know, checkers and chess have lasted so long because they're not wildly complex. There's more in the the way you play rather than the basic rules. Mm -hmm. And you can do you can play that game and totally leave each other alone, and or you're not. just gonna see wins. Or you can <laughs> you go can right mean. at them. Yeah, right at and, them. And, either one will work. Maybe it's just so much fun to to do that. So much fun to mess with people. Like, man, I remember. And I and I've seen. The, and I've played a little bit of the, uh, the the kind of aquatic one, which oh, it's yeah. got boats, which I should like. And I don't like it at all. I don't either. I don't like that. At, I watched a video on it. I read a review. I watched a how-to because I was like, oh man, more Suro. Gotta be great. No, don't like it at all. Love no. the board. Oh yeah. If I could it just looks, buy, if I could just good. buy the board, just as good. Like a you know a thrift yeah. store or something, I would and play it on that. But, but yeah, yeah, like I mean, it's, it's it's like you took a game that doesn't need to be more complex. It could. I mean, man, that's a game that you if you've got in your collection, you're going to be playing that for decades. This is my go-to. I did this with my mom. My mom doesn't play. She likes card games, but she doesn't play any sort of. I mean, I taught her Ticket to Ride, but that was like you know her first real Euro kind of thing. But Suro was the first game when she's like, hey, I want to play one of your games. Uh, like a year or two ago, we sat down and I'm like, that's my go-to. Hey, do you like games? Or do you play games? All right, we're going to play a game. That's my go-to intro game to people. 
if they want a short game, it's Suro. If they want a little longer, it's Ticket to Ride. But it's I think it's kind of the uh, almost an opposite of uh, maybe Scythe or Verano, where it's right. all very very busy. Right. This, this is super basic. Su- super basic, and but that doesn't. I guess we're like, you know, I'm probably not going to sit down and play Suro for two hours. Right. But I could play a couple of games in, and, and that's fun. You're like, sweet, and they're going to be and fun. And that's cool. And I know that, you know, I'm going to come back to that again at some point. And right. I, the only thing I can think of why anybody wouldn't like it is if you're just not really a fan of that art, or you don't like how simple, simple it, is. it is. Like, you may feel like that's just not much of a game, but... That's true. I think if you played it and played it with... Maybe I don't play even with know. more. Yeah, like play it maybe with more people, but man, I just don't. I don't think the simplicity might hurt other games, but I don't think it hurts that. Right. My number one is the game that I flip flopped on back and forth, and because I play it more now, and thankfully, and it's just easier to, which is shocking because it takes forever. Easier to set up. And get going. Uh, my number one for a long time, and now it has regained the spot. That is Barano. Yep, that's I've, good. I've gotten to play this. Initially, it was just me and Dave, and I got uh, my other friend into it, and she actually really likes it. And for I joke for a long time, this game is longer to set up and take down to actually play. That's not true, but the, initially it took me forever that's to set this escape. game up. That is true. But now, uh, now I can set up Murano really, really quick. The, some of the pieces are small and a little fiddly. I don't care. Like, I don't care if this game had worse artwork. Whatever. This just, it's just fun, and I like to see people's reaction when you set it up. It's a very good table presence, as we said before. They look a little scared the first time. You're like, oh my gosh, and then you explain like, you know, this does this. Oh, okay. I can get, you know, money or cards, or I can get this. Oh, i got to pay more money for, to do more stuff? That makes sense. Like, it's a relatable mechanism. I also think that's a game that you... I, maybe the biggest negative is if you're just at the store and you want to buy a game and you sit down and try to play it, if you don't have somebody that knows how to play it, you're probably going right. to be in trouble. And I mean, I've... That's the only negative I can I play, really think of. I usually play games wrong. Every time. Reading the rule book or not. I think playing a lot of games, you just kind of like start getting intuitive with rules and don't. But, uh... Yeah. The, uh... Yeah. Oh, my. Alright, we gotta quickly do our number 11 because apparently with this app, I can only do things at an hour. So, what's your number 11? Uh, Letters from Whitechapel. Oh, that was great. That was mine for a long time. Um, Yeah, I love that game. Excellent game. Uh... Yeah. Yes, also play that game. It's excellent. Uh, as he said, my number 11 is Smash Up. It gives me all the fun of dueling games with a little bit of silly, but each, it's so easy. It's like two or three rules, and you're also racing to points, and I really like it. I love all the wacky combos. It's incredibly cheap, and each expansion is its own game on its own. So if you don't like any of the base things, you can just get an expansion for like, 10 bucks or something, and you have four factions, you can play that game an infinite amount of times, which is really interesting, and most games don't do that. All right, that was our top 10. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Dave. And thank you for listening, and until next time, keep on gaming. Ha!
Hey everybody, this is Chris, and welcome to Games for Two. I am joined today by my friend Dave. Hey. And we are going to talk about our favorite ten games uh, currently. And these could change at any time. So uh, we're going to talk about our ten games, and then at the very end we're going to talk about our number eleven that just missed the list. So here we go. Dave, you may start. Alright. Uh, my number ten is Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Um, it's kind of like a... Boy, I don't know how you describe that. Um, not really tile placement, but kind of Euro-ish. Oh, God, how would you, how would you describe it? It's a tile that? laying game. Would you? Okay. Um, basically, what I like about it is I like that even though the scoring can be kind of complicated, I like how complicated it is. Right. I like how much... I, how many different ways I can score, how many different kind of strategies I can have. Plus, it's really cool to see like what you've built and what your opponents have built and that kind of thing. And it works well um, anywhere between like two, three, or four player. You don't really lose anything by playing with fewer, or you don't really gain too much or lose anything by playing higher numbers either. But it's uh, pretty solid. Right. I like that game as well. I've only played a few times with you, so I haven't, I didn't put it on the list, but uh, I like it because it's tiling, which is probably my favorite thing right now. And yeah, I like that how wacky the scoring can be, and you can see, like you said, you can see what you've built, and it will be different than everybody else. I think I, that's the only negative, I think the, that's the biggest glaring negative behind it, is the scoring is, can, a scoring can be extremely complex for somebody who hasn't really played any kind of euro or really any kind of deep uh, designer gaming because you know it's not just like buy a piece place a piece it's buy a piece place a piece score it score it you know maybe three or four other times wait till the end of the game it might score two or three more times so there's a lot that goes into just like one you know uh, kind of action i guess you might say right i also like the uh the money mechanism of getting to set oh, yeah. price that's yeah yeah one I, of my yeah, favorite things yeah. if you can really kind of screw your opponent maybe it's, maybe it's, not you, you kind of got to guess a little bit with it i haven't seen that in really much anything else all right my number 10 is i kind of it's a family of games and i sort of bounce around between which version i like but that is carcassonne uh this is classic for most people that have been in the hobby for a long time, tile placement game where you're building cities and roads and making these little medieval towns and the board changes every single time you play. And I've only been playing it for a couple years and the version I play the most now uh, that I own is Carcassonne Amazonas, but I've played the original one maybe more now? I'm not, I'm not sure, I kind of lost count when I stopped logging plays. But I really like this game because the board changes every time you play super simple but you can get really mean and a little uh strategic with your tile placement even though it's random because you draw you know a tile off the top of the stack but you have to place that tile so you sort of have a tactical game that also has some strategy and the artwork is neat it looks like a painting when you're done mm -hmm. and there's a million versions of this game now 
and I just really like it. I mean, I've been playing, I've been playing it for a while. It's a really good intro game. You can play it with pretty much anybody, even kids. Just a couple rules, and you're up and going. So. Yeah, I, I don't know what the uh, age range is on it, but I feel like it's a really good intro one for kids, too, That and anybody, really. And I think it's one that you can play with your kids. Like, I kind of... I kind of thought about this as I was making a list, what is kind of appealing in terms of age ranges. I don't necessarily think about, can I play with my kids? I almost think more of, can the grandparents play with the grandkids? Because that gets a wider span of generations and ages. And I think that's one that um, the grandkids could bust out with grandma, grandpa, and be like, oh, let's play this. And they could, you know, they're going to have fun with it too. And um, yeah, like you said, it's a pretty good little intro game too. All right, that was my number 10, Carcassonne. Uh, my number nine is Yamatai. Uh, I'm pretty much just a sucker for anything with little boats. I don't know why. <laughs> just like little boats. Uh, I like I like the sort of kind of area control aspect of it, but I also like all the different ways of scoring. Um, I like the way that you can get the um, oh gosh, I can't remember what they're called, but like different characters that you can sort of like mm. purchase through points, and they give you different abilities, different ways of scoring, and that kind of thing. Um, I think it works well as a two-player as well. Uh, I like the kind of unique color scheme area control mm -hmm. movement. Uh, it's kind of unique, and I haven't really seen that much anything else, and I've, I've enjoyed you know all aspects of that. Yeah, that's a really... I don't know, Days of Wonder never does bad stuff. That's true. That I've seen. I mean, I haven't played them all, but I've played a lot. Of Days of Wonder. And uh, that one is definitely different. And I think that's one of the things the designer does. Is he does sort of different things. But it's very family weight. Which I yeah. like. But with a little more. It's like family plus. I think I'm also drawn in a lot by the art. Oh, and yeah. the th theme of it. Just the kind of almost uh, you know, oriental fantasy-esque. Fantasy. You yeah. know, just uh, all the kind of... It just looks really interesting, and it looks like a thing like, man, I wish there was more of this that I could learn about, or like, you know, maybe mm -hmm. a sequel game or something to that effect, or uh, I wish there were, they would do more with that, but I don't know if they will or have. or uh, They have winners. not, and I, I, it's been out for a little while now, so I kind of doubt they will, mm -hmm. but Days of Wonder doesn't do a lot of, unless it's Ticket to Ride. That's true. Or Memoir 44. They don't do a lot of, like, expansion stuff, but <clears throat> that game has a lot of replay in it and I like that you can do whatever you want to win you can just go straight points all the time mm -hmm. you can go for money you can get, just get the dudes like you said the I don't know what they're called either like helper people to do General stuff yeah like to do yeah, stuff like that you can go heavy on that and you can win either way you can do just building and try to get building points really quick but yeah I really I really like that one as well so that's my number nine Yamatai my number nine um, is a game that I liked as soon as I played it, and uh, it is very, it looks complicated, and then you play it, and it's way less complicated than you think, and it's sort of a Euro-style tableau-building game, and that is Alien Artifacts. This game, you set it up, you have all these cards out there, and you're... It's supposed to, it's a 4X themed game that 
Instead of dice rolling, the thing I like is you flip cards, and each card has a number, and that simulates a die roll on a d6, and you can do different things. And while everybody has generally the same list of actions, each uh, faction has a variable setup. I like that, so no matter what faction you pick, it has sort of, and it guides you to what sort of things you want to get. And you can do just one thing in this game, you know, you can, you're either building ships or planets or technology, and you can do just one of those things the entire game and still win, or you can diversify, or you can actually follow your faction guideline and win that way, <clears throat> win that way. And then on top of that, sort of in the background, even though it's the name of the game, you can get the alien artifacts, which are rule-breaking, single-use cards. They might let you, you know, build something for free, which could be really huge. And when you use them, matters, and you can go the entire game without using them at all and getting them and still win and still, you know, you know, beat your opponent by a few points. The scores in this game are very close. All the times I've played it, I think I've never been beaten by more than, like, four or five points. And I really like that. And it's super quick, because with two players, you only play two rounds, which you run the deck out twice. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do. You can fight aliens, and you can do all these other things, but it's very abstract, Euro, uh, money management, resource management. Uh, there's an expansion for it that I haven't actually played yet that adds a little more and uh, more unique artifacts and unique scoring opportunities. That is Alien Artifacts, my number nine. I haven't played that much, but it's in that same not. realm for me of like, was that Race for the Galaxy or something mm -hmm. like that? I just, man, I hate it when I have to have a sheet or uh, the rule book handy or something to learn or memorize like 20 different icons. Right. That one's not I, as bad. I, no, it, that one's it, like it's five. not as bad. No, that one's but not as bad. <clears throat> races, races. But heavy. like, man, I hate that. Like, a couple of little things are fine, but it's like, here's all these different icons. I'm like, I. I, I'm, I'm not here for that. I think they fixed that in, with Race at least, they fixed that later mm. on. But with Alien Artifacts, they add one more. So I think there's six icons now. It's not it's not as treacherous as others, but that's... There yeah. is a bit of a curve. Mm -hmm. But when you see it, you're like, oh, I only have... And what I like about it is it looks nuts, but it's... I, okay... Oh, I take this action. Well, here's these different options, but it's really two options. Do I do side A or side B? Side A is yeah. money, or side B is like money now, not later, or side B is power for the rest of the game, which is either making stuff cheaper, making stuff free, or getting me points. Mm -hmm. That's why I like it. Uh, my number eight is Small World. Ooh. I like the... Uh, the way that you can get different kind of armies with different abilities, and you can play that game a hundred times and never have the same setup. Right, even uh, with the base game. Yeah, and I like area control, and uh, I like the, not just the area control, but the, almost the sort of kind of, uh, I feel like it's almost like an economic decision you have to make when you have to put one of your armies... Mm. Um, I can't remember how what the term is they use them, but when you, when you put, flip them, yeah, decline, decline. Yeah. That's it. Um, and then you get like you get new armies and that kind of thing. It's it's a lot of interesting decisions, and even though it's almost like it's not really a 
uh, war game at all, but it has shades of war game. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminders anyway, and I kind of really like that. Uh, because usually, typically, if you're playing a war game, you know, the stats and everything are always the same. The armies are always the same. You know, tanks always do this. Inf- infantry always does that. But this, it's like, you know, oh, i got, you know, dwarves that can fly now, or I've got zombies mm-hmm. that can, you know, cast magic or something wacky. Like, it's it's not just wackiness, but it's also a lot of care or a lot of uh, gameplay. It's like family fun conflict. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. With really neat artwork, and I've not done the expansions. I've only done the base game, but I know there's like a million expansions for it. And they usually just add new maps and new armies. and But, I mean, even in the base game, I think it's, man. Yeah, that's 20 another. 20 races, maybe. 15 races. Then the equal amount of powers. And you randomize them every time. And I think you can even make your own. There's, like, a blank to make one of your own. <clears throat> and, like, yeah, like you said, it's it's so simple. You know, put my stuff out. Keep putting my stuff out. Take it back and do it again till you spread too thin. Or not. And it's all about timing because it's quick. I mean, you could play this game two-player and I if you know what you're doing, like, like half hour. Maybe. I also feel like I've seen that in, like, that also seems like that's kind of like an intro game too because I've seen that a lot, mm-hmm. like, in, I think I've seen it like Walmart or something too. Like, I've seen it mm-hmm. pretty much just everywhere. It's, like, Days of Wonder I mean, gets out there. Yeah, they they have a lot wider reach now. With things like, well, Ticket to Ride, mostly. Because a lot of their stuff you don't see anymore, even out of print, like uh, Shadows Over Camelot and stuff like that. But there's a million Ticket to Rides, and they're like, well, you know, that's sort of the intro game for everybody that made Uh games games uh, in America, really. And then things like Small World and those family weight, you know, style games to do different sort of intro mechanics. And you have a wider appeal. You know, fantasy has a wider appeal than, say, like, you know, war games to most fam- family stuff. So, yeah. you, you know, and the artwork doesn't hurt. And, I don't know, it's just really fun. I it's like easier for well. to say to the kids, like, oh, let's go get the zombies then. Oh, let's go get the Nazis. Yeah, you're right. Especially now. So. But that's why I ate Small World. Interesting. My number eight is a game that I've liked for a while now. And it is... Uh, the edition I have is the one that I like the best out of them, and that is Machikoro Bright Lights Big City. Mm. I really like this game, dice rolling game, where you uh, you roll dice and you allocate those dice to buy or to use buildings, and you buy buildings, and the pips on the die roll determine what the building does. And what I like about this game, and I think is the only also the only negative about this game, is that it's really mean. To new people. Because you can... If you know what... what There's the cards that are randomized out there, but you can get multiple copies of them and trigger the effect multiple times. So if you really know the cards in the game, and you're not nice, like me, uh, you can really hammer somebody new that's just learning the game. However, it's really quick, and you can play it again, and they'll know what they're doing after the first play. I also like that it's a bit of a race, because the first person to build all their buildings wins and each building gives you a special power so you have to decide do i want to keep triggering my buildings to get money and get other things and just hoard all of my money to do one really big turn or do i just build my buildings as quick as possible to end the game 
And I really like the uh, like cuteness of the artwork that hides how uh, vicious this game can be. And this version is the reason, uh, the one I like, because it combines parts of both expansions and tweaked the base game to make sort of one master edition game. And uh, I think it's Target exclusive only, but I've seen it other places now. I think they loosed that uh, license up a little bit. But that is Machikoro, Bright Lights, Big City. Uh, I like the game a lot, but I despise dice rolling. Uh, it's probably one of my least favorite mechanics. It is that random. One, that one does it in a way where you can have things happen even when you're not the one rolling the die, which is great. And it's not... I feel like it takes the... Uh, Settlers of Catan is a great game, but I feel like sometimes the dice rolling in that makes it bad, whereas with this, uh, it makes the dice rolling a positive mm -hmm. in a very, uh, I don't know, non-boring way. It's Yeah, there, I mean, <laughs> you're always involved because, you know, yeah, I roll a die, and you can plan. I like that you can plan in this game. You know, if you just take, you know oh, I'm going to get a bunch of cards that are always going to hit on a two or a three or whatever. Like, you know, kind of play the probability of the dice. That's fine. But if you're smart and you can see after a while, you know, you could get enough buildings that no matter what's rolled, you're getting something. The other player might get something too, but you're going to get something better. And, you know, buying things, you can have the multiple copies and buying things out from under people I really like. Mm -hmm. And uh, But yeah, you're always involved. You know, one of the buildings you roll, if it's a certain color... Everybody gets it, but if one of the, you know if it's a red building, you take it from your opponent. And I've seen games where you, people hoard money, and I take it all, or take half of it, and you're basically starting them again. But within a turn or two, they've recovered that, so it's not like you're just sweeping the game. Like, but you really got to be careful and always pay attention to who bought what and everything. And that's what I really like about it. There's a lot of indirect. Player interaction, yeah. indirect, take that, which leads into my number seven, which Ooh. is San Juan, Ooh. which I really nice. like how uh, you basically, like, you have only a few options that you can take, and you basically, if it's your turn, you pick an option, and your opponent gets the lesser option. Well, it's great when, you know, oh, man, you know, I am no Chris wants to do this option. Well, I'm going to take it first so he gets the lesser one. Ha ha. You know, so it's... Or none. Or not, <laughs> or you get no option because I took this. Yeah. So it's a lot of, you know, you can kind of think and strategize if you want. And, you know, you can, but man, you can get ruined really quick just by, because somebody, you know, took the one thing you wanted. And it's, it's not usually that devastating, but gosh, is it... It's about as indirect take that as I can think of. And I really like that. Yeah, I like that game a lot as well. I want to play that with more people. Yeah. If I can teach Baron, Baron, if you listen to this, and I know you might, we're going to play this game and you're just going to deal with it. Yep. It's really easy. It's like two rules. You just got to pay attention. But, uh, because it gets, I think, a little more competition. But even with two, I like that the balance is the first player gets a, another option. So yeah. the first player gets... Or better. Or, yeah, well, I mean, even they get two cards instead of one, yeah. but then it rotates on the following turn, so you really got to plan, man, do I take this out of hate? Because next turn, 
I might not get that option. Well, that's that's true. Like, or because the other player is going to get two two ahead of me, and it just balances back and forth. You could I, you could take the option that that's going to be beneficial to me, or do I take the spiteful choice? Yes, and I like and I like mostly I like the spiteful choice. Yeah, because I don't care if I win. I want to make it fun and. If I'm going to lose, it's going to be and hard. Man, you look at that game, and you, you look at the boxer, you look at the setup and stuff, and you don't think, <laughs> it's you don't just cards. think that at all. Yeah, It's a stack of cards like, in, like, two tiles. Yeah. It's it's a really inconspicuous kind of game. It's just sort of like, oh, there's that, but, man, there's a lot of... I mean... Right. It took, there's a lot in that. It took Race for the Galaxy, because I cannot remember which one was first. I'm pretty sure Race for the Galaxy was first. And took... All of the complication out of it, and brought it down to anybody can play this game. Mastering the game is what's hard. Oh yeah, and I'm terrible at it, but I love that game. Sam Juan, that's, that's my a good, number seven. That's a good choice. My number seven is a game that I actually haven't played a whole lot, but have the plays I have played, even the single player, I really really like. I like it because of the artwork. I like it because of the theme, and. Uh, the mechanisms in it, and you can do some really cool combos, and that is 51st State Master Set. Oh. This game used to be a little higher on my list, but I just don't play it as much as I used to, because, you know, I play a lot of stuff. And, uh, but for a while, I was playing the single player even in this, which works pretty well a lot, just looking at all the cards. And 51st State is a, it's from Portal. Uh, the IP is based on some old, like, Polish RPG that's super out of print, and nobody plays, so it doesn't matter. But the uh, the artwork has been recycled from that, and the lore and everything, to put in this game. And it's a really cool, it's like Euro with some meanness. So your resource management, you're getting cards, and it's almost like deck building, but you're just putting them out in a tableau in front of you, and triggering abilities, and and so on, to get items to turn in for points and it's all about points and everything and you're sort of racing to get to a certain point number but what i like is each of the factions are different they all specialize in something some are better than others and the expansions help balance that more that come in this set which is why i like the master set because there is a lot of more balance than the base game but you can get some really big turns in this game and you can get really mean and cut your opponent off from what they're doing which i really like in, in games. If I'm going to do Take That, I want it to be mean but fair. And this game is, is both, because they can come back, you know, you take some cards or you shut them down, but even if you blow up their building, uh, they still can use that building as currency to build something else, and sometimes that's what they want you to do. So I really like that. There's a lot of kind of outthinking your opponent in this game. That's 51st State Master Set. I like the art in that, too. It's interesting looking art. Um... My number six is Element. Uh, I really like abstract strategy games. It's, I would almost say it's my favorite kind, but it's not something that a lot of people really like. But I like the idea of uh, basically you get different little colored tokens and they're selected randomly and they have different abilities, each little token, but um, you have like a dude that moves around and it's kind of... I don't really know what it's like. I mean, it's not really much like it, but it's sort of like a weird Chinese checkers-esque. Yeah, it's, it's not even that. It's, it's almost... Yeah, 
I don't almost know area it. control, but not. Yeah. It's it's more like trap your opponent. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of makes it area control-esque. And I kind of like the idea of... You don't see a lot of games where my objective is to catch you, but as I'm catching you, you could inadvertently turn that around and you know right. trap it's, me. Yeah, of. I mean, because you, you're sort of sharing pieces. And it's a thinky game. Oh, yeah, very. That is a really cool game. I like that, and I haven't played it with that yet. I was reading, and it's multi, and you do oh, yeah, multiplayer the, too, which, the, is, which is rare for abstract. It plays up to four, and it doesn't like change anything. The only thing that it changes, which I was going to say that I I like that I want to try, is if you either forget who which character you are, because um, it the the rotation wheel there's reminders everywhere. You know what does what, but that also determines in multiplayer which character you're after. And if you forget who you're after, and even accidentally capture the wrong person, you're out. Mm-hmm. So it's everybody's trying to capture one other person, but you're also trying to maneuver that so that you're not helping your opponents capture somebody else. And or maybe you are and you're forcing them so they capture the wrong person like you and you're both out. But uh that's that's a really good game. Yeah. I like it's fun. Alright. My number six is also an abstract strategy game. Because I am starting to like those a lot more as well. That is Santorini. And I really like Santorini, one, because it's two-player. Predominantly two-player. It's either two or three, and three-player is not so good. And um, what I like is it's, you know, it's colorful and things. Usually I don't care about, in abstract strategy, I really don't care about component look. I care about component quality. But the 3D effect on Santorini, you could play that game just on a flat table. Or like a chessboard, really. And, but it wouldn't be the same. I love the buildings. I love the special powers that the characters give you. And you don't have to play with the special powers, but there's no reason to not play with the special powers. Because they're really easy. You could teach this game to almost anybody. If they like checkers, you could teach them Santorini. If they like any sort of just, I'm trying to outmaneuver my opponent uh, kind of thing, this, this game is definitely one for them. Walmart has, you can buy this at Walmart now. They have yeah. a... Uh, there was like a big deluxe edition that a bunch of people bought and then it was too expensive so they Spin Master reprinted it in a equally good package. All they did was take out this huge elevated nonsense that was a pain anyway and now it's super cheap. I think this game's less than 30 bucks, maybe even cheaper than like 20 bucks and you can buy it pretty much anywhere and it's great for families. It's fun. The kids are going to like it because you're building little buildings up and moving around. The pieces are really nice. But there's a lot of strategy there, and I mean, you can play it in, I have won and lost a game in less than 10 minutes, or you could have a game that goes 30 minutes. I mean, if you get really, really thinking and a really good opponent. So, that's Santorini, my number six, great abstract strategy game. It's, it's solid. I like the, there's just not really much in the way of like 3D building and stuff, you don't get that much, and that's really cool. And it's something that... It's not a gimmicky 3D. It's like this. Right. Like it is it the game. It needs this. Yeah. You know, I, I guess maybe theoretically you could probably not do it like that and use different shapes or colors or something. But man, it adds so much to it. Uh, it may, it really sets it apart from a lot of other games. And that's, uh, I know component quality can do that, but, but gosh, it's just it's a that, little game. If you see this game from a distance, yeah. you're like, all right, I want to go see yeah. what it is. 
which is the exact opposite of San Juan. Which right, you can see it from looks a terrible. Distance, it looks brown. Like, what are those bums Brown doing? on brown with like, <laughs> like old white. textbook artwork. Not to, I mean, I like. I discovered the about myself not the that best I like cheesy, outdated yeah. Euro artwork and cubes and stuff. But yeah, San, San Juan is not a looker. Yeah, but in any Santorini will Santorini get you, is you awesome. Know, you know what that is? People are like, "What's that over there?" Yeah, it's... people will want to play it, and it's quick enough. You can just go through the list. All right, what's your number five? Uh, number five, get in the top five. I can't believe we haven't crossed over yet. Uh, me either. Yeah, that's, that's why I was like, worry, worry like... some. I know there's one. I know one we're gonna cross on. Uh, well, there's one we are gonna cross on eventually. But, there you know, probably but... there may be more. I I'm gonna say that there is. I, I, we're probably going to get a lot of crossover in the top five. Yeah, I'm going to say that maybe four, four out of the five we will cross that on. That's a bold claim. Yep, bud. <laughs> <not substantiated. laughs> All right, well, my number five is Burano. Um, That's a good one. It's kind of like, oh, boy, how do you use that a complex-looking game? But, I but really it's not. Like, yeah, I really like the art on it. I like the Euro system. It's... You're just putting things together, build points, little cubes, right. cube actions. Just cube action there's is so the, many. There's so the much gimmick of the game, but yeah, it's awesome. It's just like man, <laughs> it's unique. It's it's such an under the radar game that you know. I think we're the only ones that even know about. Not it. anymore. I uh, I commented. I've been commenting on this game for years because I love this game too. And uh, I like the pyramid system, the action selection. It's just a combination of a lot of stuff that is in every other Euro game, but it's fun and it's colorful and it's just different in this. I've seen a lot more people... They didn't even do a second edition because I would have bought it for no reason. But they, uh, this game is showing up a lot more on Instagram and at different convention picture things, so I think it's just getting a wider release now, mm-hmm. which is weird because it's old. Old. I mean, it's... Four years old, three years, something like that now. But uh, yeah, it's, it's. I don't know that it's. I wouldn't say the art's bad per se, no. but man, it's also one of those games where you look at it and it's like, wow, there's a lot going on in there just because it's really yeah. complex looking. I don't know that it's necessarily. I don't know what the weight is on it, but I feel like it's kind of weighty. Three. It's like three out of five. Yeah, it's it's kind of weighty. It's like mid but... mid weight. It takes a little while. I mean, it's like an hour and a half game. But it's also one of these things where it's like, you know, you could choose to score with, you know, basically, it's got boats because I like boats. And true. you could boat. you could score, like, I'm just going to do boats and like fishing and stuff. Or you could make like textiles or you could build mm-hmm. buildings. Like so many different ways that you could go into it. And they all work. And they all work. But you have to, at some point during the game, you must diversify. Something. It might just be like one turn. I'm going to textile this one turn, or I'm going to fish this one. I mean, fishing is big, or maybe two turns, because the game's really quick, and the more you go the more you go along, the less turns you get. And I like that, because it's yeah. only, I think it's 16 turns for the entire game. And you don't, and you have to be able to pay for everything. I like that. You can't just do awesome turns all the time, because if you run out of money... You can't do a turn, and I've done that, and you will lose the game if you have no money for, like, two turns. You're done. I also like that one of the component aspects of it is that you get colorful little cubes, and a lot of games have cubes in them, but these cubes are, like, bigger than your average D6. Huge, yeah. And they're not just 
a random like resource thing like oh I got a whole bunch of white ones for no reason like you actually can build like a pyramid structure which is based on like what actions you get to take or what colored cubes are at the top and then they don't even stop there they're also basically the foundations with which you build buildings, buildings. on yeah so like as far as a cube resource goes they're doing a lot with this one little cube that a bunch of other games just need some kind of a token to right. identify, like, oh, you know, you got wood, here's this cube. It's like, and, this like, is... with this thing, it's like, there's, you know, there's no wasted right. there's uh, no, yeah, material, space, yeah. no wasted materials, there's nothing like that. Like, it's... You, and I like that those things change yeah. every every yeah. round. Yeah, yeah. So it's every, every eight turns that changes, so you can't just be, like, for the whole game, you know, pink cubes are fishing for, you know, each so eight turns, and then you're, like... Next round, you're like, oh, I have all these excess of pink cubes because I thought I was going to be able to do it. Well, no, next turn, like there's something else something, useless, yeah. and you have to use prestige or something to trade them in mm -hmm. to get what you need or diversify. I mean, that might be the thing is you might get by until the final round, and you're like, crap, I have these leftover cubes. I'm going to turn them into this action that I haven't done, but now it's useful. It's weird because... Sitting here to listen to us talk about this, this sounds like an amazingly complex. I know game, it's it's really it's, not. It's not. I don't know how you convince it. I think it's, it's like, like a seven, like a six point nine on BGG on that scale. So that's decent for them. It might even be less than three out of five complexity. This is the first Euro game I know I played after Ticket to Ride. Yeah, and this is the first probably. resource management Euro game I ever played, and I thought all the components. It took me like twenty was, minutes to set it up. It, and, I thought and I was going to die. The same way, like it was basically the first, you know, outside of Ticket to Ride Euro game I it played. So busy, and it, and it kind of got me into the idea of it. So it can't be that right complex. We, to, you, you know, know if, that, if that's basically your intro. It was Ticket then to how Ride? Can it be? Ticket to Ride and Monopoly, uh, and we're coming into Burano game, yeah. game one, and like wow, but yeah. My number five, very Burano. good choice. You should check that game out. My number five is another abstract strategy game. It's the last abstract on my list. And this is one that I've had success playing with two people. I've had fun playing it with the uh, almost the max player count. I think we might have played it at eight. Uh, for a game that looks, looks beautiful, but honestly, you could have played this with anything. With paper. And that is Suro. And Suro is an awesome looking tile laying abstract strategy game it's just lines on squares and you're connecting those lines that move automatically move your piece and if your opponent's piece is there moves their piece as well and you're trying to either force them off the board by making them make bad choices of their placement and send their character off the board or collide with another player which will remove both of them and the last man standing wins and it's very, I like that you grab multiple different tiles, you choose the one you place, but you have to place one, and eventually you'll have all of yours placed, and they might be bad. And no matter what, if it's a bad move, you have to place it. So, and it's really neat to outthink your opponent with that slight bit of randomness and that tactical gameplay. And you could win this game in five minutes, you, you might take, you know, 30 minutes. I like that in Abstract Strategy. And it looks really, really good. It's... You could easily print and play this game, yes. but man, they really it helps to not. Good, yeah, like like I mean, there's it's kind of like they they dressed it up as much as you could for such a simple game. It looks like an looks ancient beautiful. game. Yes, yeah, it's, it looks like you're playing something. It, it almost looks like you're playing something from a thousand years ago, right? Because they've done this, such this along with Carcassonne. Quality. This is one of those games that 
if you like games at all, I mean, I don't care what they are, if you just like classic games like Monopoly or Chess or whatever, you should have this game. It's really affordable. This is one of those, you know, I think this is one of those grandparents' games, too. Yeah. It's not complicated. You can sit down and teach this. The age range says eight and up. You could pro you could go less than that. And oh, you yeah. could sit down today, say, here's the rules. I place a tile. I see what it connects to. It moves that piece automatically. Done. That's the rules. Don't go off the edge. Don't hit somebody. Calliope makes good-looking games. Yeah, it's it's very, very fun. I highly recommend it. It's still in print, so if you like any kind of game or might like games, and especially if you like games that will work with large groups down to small groups in a short amount of time. It takes 20 minutes max, uh, usually, and that is uh, Suro, my number five. Moving right along, uh, my number four is Scythe. Ooh. Uh, it's got some of the best art I've ever seen for a game. Uh, it's got some of the best art, period. It just yeah. looks gorgeous. Like, I <laughs> no could doubt. Take just, you know, like, just grab any card, blow it up, put it on the wall, I'm good with that. It just looks gorgeous. Um, it's mostly, uh, gosh, I kind of Euro, but also area control, some combat <clears throat> if you want to go that route. A lot of different options, a lot of different ways of playing. Uh, it's got kind of like the, uh, I don't know what you call that, like action. Selection. Selection kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I really like that. Which, uh, I was thinking there was another game that I mentioned that had that, but then I realized it didn't. San Juan. <laughs> San Juan, yeah, San Juan kind of has that. But this is, everybody's is different. Yeah, yeah. Sort of. The uh, But Scythe is just... Eh, it can be a little bit, maybe long, but man, I don't it, mind that. Two-player is a little shorter, I think. But yeah, it's this game can't be short. I think the, the length of this game is right, but the, also the length. This could be one of those games like Risk, where you're like, we're just going to hang out for a couple days, and we're going to play Scythe, oh, and we're going to take and just plan out our entire turn, just, and then could just be wrecked. The very right. idea of... <laughs> Let's sit down. Weekend and, long let, scythe. Let, let's well, no, the idea of like let's sit down and play an hour to two hours of risk, or let's play an hour to two hours scythe. Like that just makes me sick to the stomach. Why would you ever play risk when you play? Yes. risk is basically my least favorite game of all time. <laughs> it is one of mine. I just it is not my least. That game. That's going to be on a later cast of my most hated game of all time, um, and it's going to be scathing. And anybody that listens to it that likes that game is a fool. That is a uh, not necessarily a true statement because the game I'm talking about my mom likes, but she'll never listen to this, so it's fine. Yeah. She's a fool. Yeah. Scythe. But, <laughs> but no, like Scythe, yes, Scythe is, Scythe is excellent. Is a great game. Just look it up online. Scythe board game. Look at the art, and you're going to be sold. Even the we haven't even finished the at all the campaign expansion, but so the much uh, yeah you could it, even the base game which I had forever is the it's infinite replayability. You can randomize things, and no matter, you know, you might have a strategy that worked one game, and you play it again, completely different, because of what, how things come out. Great, great game. Uh, my number four is also Scythe. Excellent. For everything that Dave said. Yes. Uh, this was actually uh, my number one for a long time. Well, since I bought it, when it, like a year or so after it came out, maybe two and I like everything about it. I like the all the expansions so far. You don't need, like I said, you don't need any of that stuff. And I haven't even played with everything. I like the different factions. I think there's, with the campaign, I think there's nine factions now. That's all they're doing. They're not doing any more with it. This game is 
so they say this game is done, but even just the base game is like six factions or five or something, and they're all different. They all determine sort of how you start playing the game, but not necessarily how you win the game. I have never won this game, uh, yeah, at all, even in single player, and it's, uh, it's not difficult, it's just, it's very thinky at times, but the gameplay is so smooth, like, the mechanics are sort of a background to your strategy. I think it's I a like game that. that's gonna age really, really well, because the art is basically timeless. I can't yes. imagine ever thinking this is gonna be bad, because, like, it looks so good, that it, it, there's some games, you know, you look particularly like in the, you know, the way some of the art was done in the 80s and some of the mm -hmm. games and stuff, it was really, the art was kind of shoddy, but this is like, I mean, in 50 years, that's still probably going to be one of the best looking right. games. Right, and it's one of the only games that I know of where the art came first. Yeah, and that's and probably it was, why it's so good. Wow, like the alternate World War One, and then they put lore on top of it, Yeah, and it's in, included in the game. Does not affect the story whatsoever, like just playing the game. We didn't even mention the mechs. Like the mechs. Oh yeah, the are mini. Gorgeous. They're, like, they're yeah. They're really well done. I've seen people that paint them. You don't need to paint them, but you can if you want to. And they're all super diverse. That what they do is super diverse. And when you, when you, what mech ability you choose, and when the time happens, can really affect we, we what you're doing. We didn't even talk about the idea of what the art actually is. It's. Like an alternate World War One, one where there are mechs and it's after yeah, uh, Nikola Tesla had prototypes in this capital on the map, and they sort of like when everything was going down after World War One, all the countries that were left sort of pulled back to each other, and now it's this arms race, area control kind of story. Uh, but they're pumping out like weird mechs and tech that isn't supposed to be there so instead of you know you're going to have a guy farming his field like putting in wheat but now there's a using a mech instead of and, thing, and or there's like, bears for instead of horses and there's like weird a, little things look at on one of the box arts there like there's a cavalry charge against a mech right like, what more do you need to know <laughs> it's great this game is great for anybody that likes anything this game is anything. awesome i will put that out there that this game is it's, incredible it's hard to yeah it's solid and you have to see it this is a definitely a table presence yeah. game. Number three. Right, top three. Uh, my number top three is Talisman. Oh, what a good choice. Um, boy, that's a timeless game. I feel like that game <laughs> We've only been playing it for like yeah, well, less I than mean, a year. It's been hanging around for 83. since the 80s. Yeah. I feel like that's a game that's going to be in print. Forever. Just like Monopoly or anything else. Like, oh, it's going to be around forever. It's such a, it's got a, it's, it's kind of like your typical, uh, sort of typical fantasy, uh, board game lore, like all of, think of the, all the sword and sorcery movies of the eighties and make it a board game. And that's basically talisman, but then better. And it's roll and move. And then like Dante's Inferno. And it's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, like, the, the only, the only negative I have with it really is. You can get somebody could get really excellent roles, and there's nothing you can do about it, and just happen to draw really good stuff. That's true. And you can just end up getting really bad stuff. But I think that's but it's the a fun. game. Yeah, it's, it's so a game light. that I like. Even if I'm getting destroyed, I still like playing the game. You're gonna have fun moments of 
Well, I'm in. I'm adventuring. Crap! This is a useless item that I found, or I can't beat this monster. And then, yeah, somebody else is just having a really easy time. But that could change moving into the inner layers. And it's it's really even playing this game a lot and knowing all the cards and seeing all the cards. It's still fun to see those cards. It makes you better, I think. And to see when those cards come out, you're like, well, man, I really hope it's not this card. I know it's in there somewhere. Let me like. That sense of discovery and just yeah. moving onto a spot, it really is like a old classic adventure I, movie. I feel like it's I feel like it's kind of the way that like the first time you played Skyrim in a right. board game. Everything's new. Everything's yeah. new and you're discovering new things and that kind of thing. It's it's really boy, there's so there's so much exploration in the game and the art is great. Oh, yeah. And in terms of gameplay, it's so much fun to see somebody... Because basically, you have, like, two stats. You have strength, which is basically your combat. Then you have magic, or craft, which is basically your magic. But it's so great when somebody who's been building up their strength all of a sudden has to fight the demon, which can only be beaten by magic, and they get <laughs> totally destroyed. They're right. hopeless. You know? Land out the window. Yeah. Start again. Yeah. yeah. Like, or you or, die. Or, yeah, you or you die again. or something like that. Like, there's so much... Uh, it's almost like a... It's like a D and D campaign in a board game, almost. right? And, a, and it's quick. Yeah, two out. Like, it's good with two a multiplayer too. Two player, three oh, player, yeah. four, whatever. Like, like it's like, really, so good. it's really fun. I really like that game a lot. The art's good. I don't remember if I said that or not. Uh, my number three, Talisman. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> for for everything Dave said again. See, we we yeah, won't, we won't make it all, but we were pretty close. <clears throat> two out of the five. Um, so far. Uh, I really like it too. I've been looking at this game for a while, and I'm just like, eh, I thought it was just you know outdated and whatever because I never saw a lot of people playing it or reviews or anything about it. And then I saw this is the newer edition, and Games Workshop uh, has the license back from FFG, so minis are really good. Yeah, on top of that, good, yeah. character diversity is great. Uh, there's a couple characters that basically do the same thing, but that lets multiple people have it really. But uh, they're all really fun. I think there's like 14 characters to play. Uh, item stuff like i said the more you know the game it doesn't mean you're gonna win it's just it's still fun after knowing everything and i like seeing people who haven't played as much or newer people play this game for the first time you're like oh it's i roll when i move to the spot oh i go to a town let me flip a card crap yeah it's the demon well i, <laughs> I also one of the little things that makes me giggle and laugh is kind of back in the 80s where your race is also your class. class. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I am a oh, ghoul. Yeah. It's like you might have a warrior. Or an elf. Dude, yeah. It's like it's like a warrior. He's obviously a human. Here's a wizard. It's obviously a human. Here's troll. Troll is troll is troll race is and troll. class. And elf race, is race yeah, and class. Dwarf. A human race, assassin you know? is just assassin. Yeah, but it's just your race is your class, and it reminds me of like. Uh, I think Golden Axe had that too. Yeah. Like yeah. Was, You're like I'm gonna be a dwarf for like was your race and your class. Yes. Um, oh gosh, Hero Quest does that too, but yeah, it's all. And we've only played the base, right? There's, there's, there's a lot of expansions. They're really hard to get because they're out of print, but they're becoming. People have been selling them a little bit, and you can find them. Uh, I really want to try some of those. Uh, there's a Grim Reaper expansion I want. Let you move a Reaper around and screw with your opponents. There's like they add more cards. The Reaper doubles the amount of starting cards, and each expansion adds, I think, like two characters. So you can get a lot for this game, but even just the base game alone, at least starting out, is awesome. Great replay value. Where's the third penny? That was Talisman. 
Uh, my number two, which was already on your list, and you should be ashamed of yourself that it was that low. Uh, my number two is Machu Koro, which, mm, uh, despite my distaste for uh, dice rolling, boy, that game really just, oh boy. It, it, it was only dropped a couple spots yeah. from... I really like ago. that game. I like. Oh the... yeah, it's great, and people hate it. I don't. I don't know why. It's fun. I like. I like that things can happen to me, and for me, even though it's not my turn. And I don't like the die rolling aspect of it, but I like the. <laughs> it's almost, I almost attribute it to, like a weird, sick game of. Gambling, <laughs> kind but of, yeah. also bingo right, and kind right. of win the lottery. You're like I rolled a one, so everybody gets a, a one. Of, so yeah. there's that weird gambler's addiction that I have, yes. with it, which is like, man, I really need that eight. Come on, eight, and you know, and so it's like a seven. Crap, totally useless. Work wasted. You turn. know, wasted my turn. It's ruined me. So I think maybe that game's so high on mine because I have addictive personality, and that game kind of oh, you know, fuels it. That, but gosh, I really like that game. And I think it does the die roll. I don't really like roll and move, but that right, the dice rolling in that is it's also more, a little like, different. It matters. Yeah, more. It's, roll and it's move not, is like oh, I move one space, I get a yeah. thing. This is crap. I really need was counting on my roll. It's, yeah, it's a little bit. Um, it's just a little different than it is in other games. Right, it's like dice rolling plus. Oh yeah, and that's that's a good choice. My number two. Is a new one of the newest games to my collection, and I instantly really liked it and knew it was going to be top ten because I've and I've only played the base version of it, not the uh, advanced version, and that is Rajas of the Ganges. Oh, that is good. I have played this game, man, six times now, maybe more, and it made top ten because that's got a little boat in it. And I like it. It has boats. The boats are very nice. The component quality in the game is great. The board does look super busy, but once you set up and figure out that some of it is just fluff, then it cuts down a little bit. But the uh, it has a lot of things I like. It has resource management. I like that. Uh, the die rolling in this game is really easily mitigated. I like that because it is dice placement. That's almost more like a resource, though. It is. Like, it, it's, yeah, it, you have it, money and dice. Yeah, your die are really more like... All right, roll them. What do you have? A five. All right, five is like buy you things. Right, like five. Yeah, you know, so with a five, really, I can get three options. Yeah, with, or with like a one, purple, I can get well, you have ten. Yeah, like, like a purple whatever. die. All right, purple die gets me that. Doesn't it matter has, what the number is. So it combines. Yeah. I like I like that aspect that it's resource based. Uh, you can do a lot of fun, sneaky sort of things with where you put it at to sort of you know take first player away from people and also get things. You're always getting something in this game. I've never seen a wasted turn. That's true. It also has tile placement, which again I love, and the tile placement you can get combinations by where you put them, and also like one-time benefits, and also activate them again based on if that's a possible action, sort of like I don't have anything to do, but there's never any, something not to do. You or you could totally ignore the tile Right, you're right, and still win. Yeah. The idea of the game is you have a fame track that you get by building buildings and some other abilities, and then a money track, which, you know, a lot of things give you money. And you want them to either meet or cross. Once that happens, your opponent gets to place... And it's worker placement as well, which I like. It's a lot of, a lot of little yeah. Euro things, but the the worker placement is just sort of a marker, almost, of what you're doing. And But once your fame 
and things cross, your opponent gets to place one final worker. And if they get theirs to meet or cross, then you have a real scoring, and the difference is the number in your fame and money. So you can think you're just totally going to devastate your opponent because, you, oh, I made mine cross by three points. Your opponent has one turn, makes theirs cross by ten, you still lose. It's straight, it's win-lose. There's no points, that's so simple to score, but you really, it's fun to plan everything out, or you can just, you're not at the mercy of the dice usually like you are no, in other things. No, not at all. And it looks great. It's a German couple that make these games. They make a lot of different games. They make escape room games, Euro games, everything. It's a meticulously done board. It is, yeah, like way overproduced art. And even like the die, the die are really cool. Like these little placement, you have these little like uh, like uh, Indian god, goddess boards. So, like you didn't even need them. But it was just really, really cool. Price point's not very high either. That is Rajas of the Ganges, my number two. I also like that because everything with the Euro aspect of it is really to uh, buff the idea that that game's really a race. Right. And that's. The Euro part is just how you get there. It's usually like, oh, you're just building up points, but that's like, I can see how close he's getting. I better get my act together. Yeah, I got to do something about this. And I can't really do anything to you. I can just do better for myself. Right. And you can. You can do a little bit of, like, I'm going to take a spot you might have wanted, but there's yeah, no... Yeah, it's it's very it's, subtle. It's sort of like you're each doing your own thing, but you're constantly watching that, oh, man, he got six money or six fame. I only have two. All right, I really got to focus on that. Well, I got to pay a little extra to do that better thing, but it's going to mm. pay off. And there's Yeah, it's constant stress after, like, yeah, the first is. couple it turns. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it is a very stressful game. All right, ladies and gents, number one. Uh, my number one, uh, which was on Chris's list, is Suro, because uh, it's been my number one for a really long time, because it's ridiculously easy, you can teach it to anybody, and it's great for basically all ages, works great on any player count. It's five out of five crossover, bud. Yep. I, I have not, <coughs> not seen, expected that to be your number one, though. I, I have not it was seen in the top. a game that can play two-player or... Three or four, however many, and it'd be just as good. Like, it's so seamlessly done with player count. It's so ridiculously simple, but that's what makes it so good. That's why games like, uh, you know, Checkers and Chess have lasted so good long, because they're not wildly complex. There's more in the the way you play rather than the basic rules. Mm-hmm. And you can do you can play that game and totally leave each other alone, and or you're not. just going to see wins. Or you can <laughs> you go can right mean. at them. Yeah, right at and, them. And, Either one will work. Maybe. It's just so much fun to to do that. So much fun to mess with people. Like, man. I remember... And, the- I, and I've seen the... And I've played a little bit of the... Uh, the the kind of aquatic one, which oh, it's yeah. got boats, which I should like. I don't like it at all. I don't either. I don't like that at all. I watched a video on it. I read a review. I watched a how-to because I was like, oh, man, more Suro. Got to be great. No. Don't like it at all. Love no. the board. Oh, yeah. If I could it just, looks, buy, this if I could just buy the board. Looks just as good. At like a, you know, a thrift yeah. store or something, I would and play it on that. But, but yeah, yeah. like, I mean, it's, it's, it's like. You took a game that doesn't need to be more complex. It could, I mean, man, that's a game that you, if you've got in your collection, you're going to be playing that for decades. This is my go-to, I did this with my mom, because my mom doesn't play, she likes card games, but she doesn't play any sort of 
I mean, I taught her Ticket to Ride, but that was like, you know, her first real Euro kind of thing. But Sura was the first game when she's like, hey, I want to play one of your games. Uh, like a year or two ago, we sat down and I'm like, that's my go-to. Hey, do you like games or do you play games? All right, we're going to play a game. That's my go-to intro game to people. If they want a short game, it's Sura. If they want a little longer, it's Ticket to Ride. But it's, I think it's kind of the, uh, almost an opposite of, uh, maybe Scythe or Verano, where it's right. all very, very busy. Right, this, this is super basic. Su- super basic, and, but that doesn't, I guess we're like, you know, I'm probably not going to sit down and play Sura for two hours. Right. But... I could play a couple of games in, and, and that's fine. You're like, sweet, and they're going to be and fun. And that's cool. And I know that, you know, I'm going to come back to that again at some point. And right. I, the only thing I can think of why anybody wouldn't like it is if you're just not really a fan of that art, or you don't like how simple, simple it, is. it is. Like, you may feel like that's just not much of a game, but... That's true. I think if you played it and played it with maybe... I don't play it with know, more. Yeah, like, play it maybe with more people, but, man, I just don't... I don't think the simplicity might hurt other games, but I don't think it hurts that. Right. My number one is the game that I flip flopped on back and forth, and because I play it more now, and thankfully, and it's just easier to, which is shocking because it takes forever, easier to set up and get going. Uh, my number one for a long time, and now it has regained the spot that is Barano. Yep, that's I've, good. I've gotten to play this. Initially, it was just me and Dave, and I got uh, my other friend into it, and she actually really likes it. And for I joke for a long time, this game is longer to set up and take down to actually play. That's not true, but the, initially it took me forever that's to set this escape. game up. That is true. But now uh, now I can set up Barano really, really quick. The, some of the pieces are small and a little fiddly. I don't care. Like... <laughs> I don't care if this game had worse artwork, whatever. This just it's just fun and I like to see people's reaction when you set it up. It's a very good table presence, as we said before. They look a little scared the first time, you're like, oh my gosh. And then you explain like, you know, this does this. Oh, okay. I can get, you know, money or cards, or I can get this. Oh, I gotta pay more money for to do more stuff. That makes sense. Like it's a relatable mechanism. I also think that's a game that you, I maybe the biggest negative is if you're just at the store and you want to buy a game and you sit down and try to play it. If you don't have somebody that knows how to play it, you're probably gonna right. be in trouble. And I mean, I've that's the only negative I, I can play, really think of. I usually play games wrong every time, reading the rule book or not. I think playing a lot of games, you just kind of like start getting intuitive with rules and don't. But uh, yeah, the uh, yeah. Oh my. Alright, we gotta quickly do our number 11 because apparently with this app I can only do things at an hour. So, what's your number 11? Uh, Letters from Whitechapel. Oh, that was, great. that was mine for a long time. Um, yeah, I love that game. Excellent game. Uh, yeah. Yes, also play that game. It's excellent. Uh, as he said, my number 11 is Smash Up. It gives me all the fun of dueling games with a little bit of silly, but each... It's so easy. It's like two or three rules, and you're also racing to points, and I really like it. I love all the wacky combos. It's incredibly cheap, 
and each expansion is its own game on its own. So if you don't like any of the base things, you just get an expansion for like 10 bucks or something, and you have four factions, you can play that game an infinite amount of times, which is really interesting, and most games don't do that. All right, that was our top 10. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Dave. And thank you for listening, and until next time, keep on gaming. Ha! <laughs>